Welcome to episode 48 of the Film Yak Podcast. I'm John. I'm Kevin. I'm JR. And Jonathan. And today we're together to talk about Jonathan's pick. Is it... Now, let, let's let's just get this out of the way right now. Work or Werk? Just say Work. Is it Workmeister Harm? I mean, I mean it, it's it not is, German, right? So it's like a... It is a German name. It's Hungarian, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Oh, it's, it's German? The, the German. name comes oh, from the German oh, the composer. Fellow, the fellow yeah. is the composer, right. right. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so Werkmeister Harmonies, uh, directed, <laughs> by, <laughs> directed by Bellatar uh, from 2001. It's a ger- German Boston guy. Yeah. German Boston. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Workmeister Harmonies. 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 I watched Gone Baby Gone again, so I have a lot to say about uh, Boston accents in movies. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, we're going to be talking about that as well as other stuff we watched and uh, a few trailers that have been posted to our blog at Film Yacht Podcast. table is very uncomfortable. Jonathan's uh, just pulling his... Uh, I don't even know who, who would do this. Like Stern? And then like sit back with the mic. <laughs> Uh, anyway, this is just very uncomfortable. I'm sorry. That's okay. How are you guys doing today? I'm sinking in this chair. I'm just getting over a serious illness that knocked me out for like four straight days, and I'm still not 100. Wow. percent So, so you had Burger King to recoup. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, yeah. You got Kevin's eating Burger King as we speak. Are you just finished? <laughs> He's drinking his drink now. Yeah. Cures illnesses, you know. Yeah, it cures whatever what ails you. Kills yeah. whatever's in your body. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like the that the first Rescuers movie where like, old boy gives Bob Newhart the um, the moonshine. It's good for what ails you. And then, yep, exactly. And then Bob Newhart exhales steam. That's a uh, <laughs> that's a reference for our ninety year old listeners out there. <laughs> Wow. Bob Newhart movie. <laughs> it was a Disney movie? Yeah. Thank Bob, you very much. And it was Newhart the late 70s. Movie. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> With Ava Gabor. Okay. Oh, was that the late 70s? I don't have any idea. Yeah, it was like 78, 79. Oh, wow. I've actually never even... I don't even know what we're Fact talking check. about. Fact so. check. Oh. I just heard Bob Newhart, so... <laughs> The so rescuers. Like, old. Yeah, the I don't rescuers. know if I remember that. I know. Uh, I know. I know. Rescuers down. Yeah, under. rescuers right, down right. under. Is that related yeah. to that? Was kind yeah, of my jam. Down. Oh, is it really? Yeah, down under is the sequel. Oh, see, I didn't know that. With yeah. the kangaroo rat who had the pistols. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was cool. I You're used to like that. Freaking me good. out with your lack of just Disney awareness. <laughs> oh, I like. I okay. I guess I don't like the deep cuts. You know, I like. <laughs> I like the, the the big hits. I like Lion King. I like Beauty and the Beast. I watched Little Mermaid religiously when I was a kid. Okay, Aristocrat, Aristocats. No, I never saw Aristocats. I didn't see anything from back that, then. I saw 70s, the new. I saw like the, the, that the late eighties, early nineties rebirth of their animation. Yeah. Down, under, right, right. Down Under was like the one right before Little Mermaid. Oh, was it? Yeah. 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 Oh, I saw it. I, so okay. I saw it Down Under. Yeah, so it was like no. Well, Little like Mermaid was Mouse Detective. So. Then Down, Down Under has then, like Little Mermaid. Oh, and, it wasn't. Would you like? Let's put a bet on it now, real quick. Hang on. Down under's, down under's opening scene is really it's killer. It's 89. Yeah. Where it's like going towards the, the mound. That shit looks good. Uh, okay, <laughs> yeah. wonder, okay let, let's rules. just stop real quick. JR has, uh, is comically misinformed about the date that <laughs> Little Mermaid came out. He thinks it came out in 1992 for some reason. That sounds about right, actually. It's the year, uh, that, that would be the year after Beauty and the Beast, which makes ooh. a lot of sense. 
Oh no, it was late eighties. It was like 88. 89. 89. Oh, 89. Sworn Little Mermaid was after. So you're someone looking You're not going to stick to this, right? You're not going to make a bet on this, right? Well, Don't embarrass. yourself. I thought it was eighty eight. All right, I won't embarrass myself. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's look it up anyway, just to make sure. <laughs> so we can still embarrass myself. Yeah, I mean, just so we, I can rag on you a little bit more. Right. Uh, but you know, ninety two. 2016, that's the first one that comes to <laughs> The one that uh, Sofia Coppola was supposed to do? Yeah, it's 89. Yeah, that's what I thought. Are you for real right now? 89. What? Co- yeah, Coppola was supposed to. She dropped out of it, but she was supposed to do wow. a remake of it. Let me guess. Creative differences? I don't remember what the problem was. She just uh, she did the Beguiled instead. Uh, oh, okay. She was like, do I really want to become Tim Burton right exactly. now? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, God. Already? Yeah. yeah. Do I want to sell my soul to the Disney machine? Mm-hmm. Um I'm glad she didn't, you know. Beguiled yeah. wasn't great, but hopefully she'll uh, have some better stuff coming out. And uh, I still believe in her. All live, of, uh, all of Two Star Ted's uh, uh, horrible ratings of her films notwithstanding. <laughs> we'll talk about that a little later. <laughs> and I can back it up. Especially for, for uh, one of them. For yeah. one of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that later. All right. Well, uh, let's get on to the trailers then, I guess. Uh, first trailer we'll talk about will be 22 July. Uh, the new Netflix yeah. film from Paul Greengrass, who I'll tell you, I was so jonesing to rewatch United 93 uh-huh. on Tuesday, September 11th. The first, I think it's the first Tuesday that it's been since then. Is that right or not? That actually doesn't even make sense because it's I, been 17 years. It should have been a Tuesday by now, right? Yeah. At some point. I, I don't know. I haven't. But anyways, anyways the original 2001 was, or September 11th was on a Tuesday. And I just really wanted to, I, I read the entire Wikipedia page of United 93. It's dark, chilling, and dark stuff, and I really wanted to rewatch. This looks substantially darker. I don't know. This looks dark as fuck. It's pretty dark. Yeah. Right. Uh, damn. So this movie's <laughs> about the um, the the Norwegian mass shooting. Uh, Seventy seven people died, which is like a, a ridiculous number of people. Yeah. I can't even imagine. Like, you know, that's like yeah. a staggering amount of people to get killed. And it's pretty disturbing. Yeah. Like, does anyone here like know like know seventy seven people? Uh, you know, maybe like uh, ethereal or whatever, right? You know, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, but not not really. No. Yeah, same here. <clears throat> so yeah, I think it looks uh pretty affecting though. I mean, uh, I liked Captain Phillips a lot. I really like United ninety three. Mm. I think Paul Greengrass is best when he's doing this kind of like docudrama stuff. I think that uh, his foray into the born world is kind of uh. Maybe a little bit of a misstep. I don't know. I, you know, I didn't uh, see man. the most recent one, but uh, yeah. I hear it's terrible. Um, you know, I hated uh, what Green Zone. That movie sucked. Green Zone. You never saw this? Green Zone. It's Me horrible. Neither. It's <laughs> so boring. What was that about? It's like born except Matt Damon to play somebody else. <laughs> he oh. plays a different guy. I don't remember that at all. Who's huh. just like born, and they're like in Afghanistan. I remember to liking the first born or something. But I don't yeah. know. Well, the first born isn't by him, but oh, okay, okay. But uh, <laughs> Doug Liman. Gotcha. But anyway, yeah, so that's uh, 22 July. looks pretty chilling and uh, scary. And How do you feel about, you know, he casted it with actual Norwegian people, but they're all speaking English? Uh, I don't think, I don't have that much of a problem with that because as far as I understand, mm-hmm. I've never been to Norway, but I understand that they, oh, they're all pretty fluent in English over in the north, uh, northern Europe, aren't they? Is that not, that's what know. I've heard, that they all speak English pretty well. Not that they, with each other? not that they would speak English with each other, but I mean, you got to sell it to Netflix I and mean, what are you going to do? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? I don't yeah. have a problem with that that's necessarily. They're all speaking with Norwegian accents, so that's good. They're Norwegian, yeah. right? You know, that's a funny thing about like it'd be being... worse if they ca- if they cast like you know Ryan Gosling in it. You know, Ooh, yeah. oh no, Ooh. Ooh. you know. 
I'm be- sorry, Kevin. <laughs> That's the funny thing about being in America and like, oh, well, that other country is speaking English. Like, you know, we we sort of learn like French or Spanish or like some other language when we get into college. But like most of the rest of the world, I guess, learns English. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're just lazy. Well, Among other things. English is the yeah. best language. You know, what are you going to do? <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, somebody <laughs> come, and come at me. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But uh, yeah, so that's uh, 22 July. Next, uh, we've got the trailer for. Uh, let's talk about At Eternity's Gate. I feel like we should leave Buster Scruggs till the end. Sure. But uh, At Eternity's Gate, which is the new film from uh, Julian Schnabel, who uh, did that Diving Bell and the Butterfly movie years ago. I never saw mm. it. I'm, I know Jr. Yeah. has seen it, right? You have to have seen this thing. Yeah, yeah. Is it, was it like good? A, it was a huge deal when it came out. Yeah, was it good? I remember liking it. Okay. I haven't seen it since then. Yeah. It was like all POV of a paraplegic or something. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. It was a little, it was pretty intense. It just seemed like uh, not my thing when it came out, but then I was like younger, so I probably didn't give a fuck about, you know, art, <laughs> yeah. artistic cinema. But um, this, this on the other hand, looks uh, very intriguing to me. I love Willem Dafoe. Yeah, he yeah. looks great. He looks mm-hmm. amazing in it. I love that they're playing up the insanity angle and he cuts his ear off and everything. And yeah. yeah. It's killer. Just great. Just great stuff. Yeah. I think uh, Oscar Isaac's probably phoning this one in. He does look out of place. What makes you say that? Just, just, like, just the little bit that I saw of him in the trailer is like, yeah, okay, he's Oscar Isaac playing Paul Cezanne, but like... Mm. I don't necessarily see him. He's not like, playing Cezanne, though. Is, isn't he? He's um, Gauguin? Gauguin, yeah. Oh, okay, all right. One of those. He's uh, Anthony, <laughs> uh, whatever his name is from the Kirk Douglas picture. Okay. What's that guy's name? <laughs> the Italian actor. Quinn. Quinn. Anthony Quinn. Oh, right, right, right. In the, in the, okay. In the, but I like, I mean, even, even yeah, the fact yeah. that it's... Um, I like, I agree that Oscar Isaac he seems like he's in everything now, yeah. which is really getting gross, especially this uh, life itself bullshit that he's in from the creator <laughs> yeah. of Modern Family. Like, the, I, I just don't understand why you would do something like that. It's clearly like it's such like an empty shell of nothingness. It's like it's like him guest starring on Modern Family. Yeah, or like um, or like a you know hour long special of This Is Us or some you know like depressing. Yeah quote-unquote comedy about you know everyday people in everyday life yeah exactly yeah. i mean it's just uh and but <clears> i <throat> but i think i mean I'm, I'm interested to see him you know have scenes with willem dafoe so. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i mean yeah. two good actors yeah, I mean, just being in a scene and also mads mickelson uh as the priest looks yeah. looks great i like mads mickelson a lot looks very serious yeah yeah so it's kind of a different re- mode for him you know yeah he's usually so lighthearted. um yeah <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I think it looks really colorful, very beautiful looking yeah. film, and uh, I, I am in very interested to see it. Very looking forward to it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, speaking of looking forward to stuff, Jr., you've got to be psyched about uh, the first teaser for the Beach Bum, Harmony Corinne's so next uh, neon drenched uh, Miami Dream World. Yeah, I mean, uh, just <laughs> that seventy seconds made me think. It's got Martin. <laughs> wrong. This, this shit's got Jimmy Buffett in it. Harmony. It's got fucking Lo- uh, Mar- uh, Martin Lawrence. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Just bring He's them bringing them back. All, all those names that I just I know I love and I just I'm like I'm wrong. I'm wrong about Harmony. Yeah. Obviously. You keep fighting it, but what this Harmony one's going to win you seen? over. Spring Breakers. That's oh, okay. Trash Humpers. Gummo. Okay. 
Gummo a long time ago. All right. You Is guys sell acid? <laughs> that's, yeah, that's too bad. <laughs> they say no. He says that's too bad. It looks absolutely absurd. Yeah, yeah. I'm really. I mean, um, obviously, it's like a show, like a showcase for McConaughey's performance. So yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that it's going to be uh, that and nothing more. I don't, you know. I'm more <laughs> excited for this than I was for Spring Breakers, but. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know about that. We'll see. It's hard to say. I mean, I was I was excited for Spring Breakers. I was disappointed with Spring Breakers. I wasn't very excited. I was I was was like, what is happening? Franco rules. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Like watching like Julian Donkey Boy and then seeing like that this guy did Spring Breakers and is doing the beach bomb. I'm like, yeah, that's it's. He's definitely going in a specific direction. Sold out, but it's yeah, it's like a very very different direction. Has he left Florida the past ten years? No, probably not. Mm -hmm. No. Okay. There's one thing I, 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 wish, drugs are, I wish Val Kilmer was in this beast. I do too. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm do we really know he's scared. not? Mm. Do we know? No, he is. They they are friends. <laughs> Just, I, yeah, I he was know. in the Iceman or the Iceman is that what's called? No, the Snowman. One, Snowman. Yeah, yeah. with you, the voiceover. Did you watch that? <laughs> I watched like the last half. Did of it, you yeah. see him in the movie? Yes. Yeah. It he's, was his his. Because he had like it was so bad, it's like inconceivable that this movie was made like in the past twenty years. <laughs> the fuck is the snowman? The Michael Fassbender murder oh, mystery the murder thing, thing wow. with like fifteen big names. It was ridiculous. Know, like three big names, but no, yeah. there's a lot of people in this movie. It's got the guy from Whiplash. <laughs> it's got Michael Fassbender, and it's got Val Kilmer. I'll name another one. Go ahead. There are like there are no women in this movie. (laughs) Charlotte Gainsbourg. uh, Oh, Charlotte Gainsbourg. She's in it. Somebody else. Somebody else is in this beast. Well, she's in. You know. Anyway, it's it's a foreign film. Uh, She has to be in it. Yeah, he was in that, and it was bad. (laughs) Doesn't sound foreign. It is. It's set in Norway. Is it set in Norway? Set in Iceland or something? I don't. One of those Scandinavian countries. Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy guy. Yeah, yeah. It was notoriously panned and uh, supposed to be really terrible, though. So. Uh, Rebecca Ferguson. Oh, yeah. She's somebody. Oh, Becky yeah. Ferguson. Toby Jones. Chloe Sevigny. Oh, Toby Jones. I forgot Chloe was in it, too. Yeah. Uh, that's good. Ronan Vibbert. Oh, yeah. Him. He's great. Who the fuck that is? I love Ronan Adrian Vibbert. Dunbar. Sorry, Michael sure. Yates. Like, just just going right. deep down this list. Let's just uh, let's just move on. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, uh, last but not least, the uh, Netflix's savior, I think, coming out. Uh, the Coen Brothers coming to Netflix. That's with, pretty crazy. Uh, with the Ballad of Buster Scruggs, the uh, mm. formerly a, a, a mini series or a limited series that they've turned into what's constantly referred to as an anthology film. I don't know why, because as far as I know, anthology films are directed by multiple people, but like this one's all by Joe and Ethan. Maybe like a series of vignettes. Yeah, I'm assuming it is, but like that's not an anthology film. I don't know why they keep calling it an anthology film. That would mean like Coffee and Cigarettes is an anthology film. Yeah, which it is certainly not. So I don't. It's just bizarre to me. Yeah, that almost feels more like an anthology film since all those things were filmed separately. Like oh. over the course of no, yeah, years no, and definitely, years. definitely, definitely, yeah. So he's he's a different person, maybe slightly, yeah. but this one not, maybe not it's at all, so right? long that they just cut it up in the different movies. Maybe is it going to be like a two parter? What Buster? Struck? Is it just a no, single a movie? Film. Yeah, it's yeah. Just, how they, long is it? Oh, I don't. Probably two hours, I imagine. Oh. It was supposed <laughs> to be a mini series. I don't know. Yeah, but I'm sure they the, just uh, cut cut the cut it yeah. to ribbons. I didn't read the review that I saw, but they reviewed each vignette, vignette, each episode. That's bizarre. Maybe it's like a seven-hour movie then or something. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. I don't yeah, understand it's just it. just weird. Um, just call it a miniseries. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, from the trailer, uh, I mean, I don't know. What do you guys think like of this trailer? It looks like Coen Brothers 101. I don't know. Like, this looks... It's got all the... 
the cliches. I don't know. Yeah, that's that's probably. It like, looks all right, though. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> cliches yeah, like, like um, well, I, the I main actor. What's like that guy's they name? Said, like from the directors of No Country for Old Men and True Grit. Like they right. haven't done like like they're known for westerns and like yeah. It I looks mean, more comedic so. than uh, Tim Blake. Yeah, yeah, Tim Blake yeah. Nelson. Yeah, yeah. I just like to say Tim Blake. It looks more a lot more uh, lighthearted and comedic than some of those uh, than like um, definitely No Country for Old Men in particular. But right. I don't. I don't know. It, uh, I, I'm. I'm. I'm curious to see it. I'm certainly not like overly excited. People seem to be losing their shit over this. But like fanboys on Facebook and stuff. Are just, oh my god, it looks fucking awesome. Like I. Don't, I don't understand what looks awesome about it. It looks fine. I'm kind of tired of their style. I'm not gonna lie. I. I. The. I don't know. Just kind of tired of it. Oh well, well, that's your right that's as just, an American. That's just but me. I. Uh, <laughs> I'm not tired of their style. I just. I'm always a bigger fan when they try to do something that is. Uh, more serious. Like the more serious they get, the better they. Get I for totally me. And agree. When they in- inject too much comedy, I think they really lose control. And I don't I'm not just not as interested. It's not that it's bad. Like I, I really, I'm a big uh, apologist for the Lady Killers remake. I but, think that, I think like, this is really good though because it, it is on Netflix and maybe we can get we can get some other big names. Well, on Scorsese's Netflix. coming later this year with that his uh, The Irishman. So that's where and oh, okay. and Paul Greengrass with 22 July. So I mean, yeah, they're, that's they're, true. Yeah. And Solnay right. with. Uh, that's the, great. Hold the dark, right? So I mean, right. they're 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 getting uh, seemingly better films now. Whatever keeps me in my house and just like <laughs> yeah, no right. theater, instant. The theater is Play. dead. <laughs> I, yeah, I, <laughs> I would rather just watch everything. And speaking of which, uh, just so you guys know, uh, Mandy comes out or came out yesterday. It's on Amazon to rent, so you can oh. watch Mandy if you'd like. I'm nice. going to as quickly as possible. Right. Um, if we weren't recording this right now, I'd be watching Mandy. So. That's a movie I am excited about. So let's uh, move so, uh, on. I guess. Quick, oh, quick sorry, pause. Yep. Quick pause. Yep, yep, yep. Am I recording? Because I can't hear myself in my earphones. You can't hear. You. I, I can't hear. Re- you. I, I can't, can't hear you guys. I, I can't really you. hear myself. Okay. I hear you. Cool. Hey, Kevin, talk. Hello, hello. Friendly. Check, check one two. Hello, hello. Yeah, yeah, check, check one this two. This is the headphones right okay. here. So now you can oh, yeah, hear me. There we go. I, mean, I, could, I could hear you guys. I just couldn't hear myself. Can now you, I can. Okay, right. perfect. Sweet. Okay. Oh, this is Make nice. sure you're talking into the front of your microphone. I should I say am, Audio Technica. I am talking okay. into it. <laughs> so we've had that issue before, JR. Okay. okay. I'm doing it. I'm doing it right. Right here? Do it right there. Talk right there. Talk right here. Yeah, there you go. go. Look. Talk right here. Yeah. Look how much. Look how much. <laughs> unbelievable. It's facing the wrong fucking way. Uh huh. How do I fix it? You turn it. You turn it. Force like a man. Turn it. There you go. All right. There that's we go. Just, yeah, that's perfect. Probably heard nothing that you said all episode. <laughs> well, I, no, I, I, say, I did. I heard some. I didn't say anything important. That's so true. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Your comments are worthless. Um. Let's move on to uh, what we watched. Uh. And honestly, I'm sorry if I, I just have to do it. Uh, let's do Red Dragon right fucking now. Because I rewatched Red Dragon and I, I'll just say it. I have no fucking clue how you don't like this movie. Is this better than Silence of the Lambs? No. That's another that's, discussion, that's Jonathan. I don't know I'm just about asking. that. I, I haven't rewatched Silence of the Lambs in a while. I haven't so, seen either of these movies in like 10 years. So. Like my, my summary of all my notes, like yeah. my last note was, Fincher plus summer blockbusters plus butt tattoos. (laughs) (laughs) Period. Next movie. (laughs) Where do you get Fincher from? I I just, I felt like throughout the movie, he was kind of trying to go through like a very like cold calculated style. I can see that. But just, and like it didn't look bad or anything. Just, 
but throwing in like a lot of the, um, you know, like crummy performances you might see in a summer blockbuster. Like who? With, who has a crummy performance in this movie? Everybody. Everybody not named Hopkins. Sorry. You, Edward, uh, Norton Edward is not Norton, good in this movie. You're Edward wrong. Norton is doing like a. I think I think Mick G thought that the only way <laughs> that people will know that you're repressing your emotions if you are just monotone the whole time. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I, I'm a serial then, killer. Yeah, I but could he's not, not. But he's not monotone. He's like very like he's obviously playing it totally different when he's interacting with Lecter than when he's interacting with Harvey Keitel. With Harvey Keitel, he gets a demonstrative. He says, I'm not interested. In, like like that first scene when, when yeah, Harvey he, Keitel comes and meets him and says, I need your help. And he's like, I'm just, I don't think that way anymore. I wouldn't be any help to you. Like he's not that, he doesn't act that way, that casual when he's with Lecter. When he's with Lecter, yeah, it's like he's repressing an emotion. The emotion is fear. He's scared of Lecter. Lecter we, tried to kill him. No, I think the repressing emotions thing makes sense. I just yeah. think. And it works. What's wrong with it? I didn't think it worked. How, how so? Just, like, I thought it was just <laughs> monotone. Like I thought... I thought we're just we. I'm reading repressed Edward Norton as just bored Edward Norton, and it was the same thing with uh yeah, but with it, Hoffman, who I think is like he's got to be like low key because he's like he's moving quick. I'm getting the scoop. I'm a dirtbag, but yeah. it just reads as like I'm bored. Hoffman doesn't seem low key at all to me. He seems like over the he's like the most over the top performance outside of Ray Fiennes in the film. Oh, like he's constantly just like speaking low and fast. Until he gets kidnapped. Yeah, but but he's like he's such an over the top like slime ball. Like they're really playing up how like what a skeezy fuck he is, right? Yeah. I mean like Yeah, and like and he's playing his he actions. looks schlubby and the way he's dressed and the way he like looks like he hasn't bathed in a couple of days. Yeah. And then he talks and he sounds bored. I don't I don't agree that he sounds bored. And like and, and don't you feel like whenever uh Norton is talking to Lecter so Kevin, I, I, what are you doing out here? <laughs> <laughs> I love how I'm referring to uh, Edward podcast. Norton as Edward Norton and, and Hopkins as Lecter. But when, when Graham is talking to Lecter, uh, don't you feel like Lecter is trying to get a rise out of him the whole time? And he's not yeah. letting it happen. That's why he's yeah. monotone. And those are the best scenes. <laughs> I know. And that's like, like when he says, uh, when he says you had disadvantages, and he says, what disadvantages? And he says, you're crazy. And it cuts to Hopkins. It's like, it's like Lecter had never thought about that before. Am I crazy? <laughs> like, what a great scene beautiful what about emily watson is she is she bored in it no is she good in it yeah i liked her okay i liked her too a lot Uh, i didn't but i hated what happened with her story because i what i was like so we burn the house down we fake the death yeah also we can get to graham yeah so like he's gonna blow up his whole cover any future of having serial killer success just to get to graham like that didn't seem like a real plan but in blowing like a, but in blowing up his house he's he's attacking the dragon right i mean the whole thing is him trying to destroy the dragon voice right it's why he flies to brooklyn and eats the painting because he's trying but, to destroy repress and destroy that urge and see and so that that whole thing just makes it dumb because it's like he's trying he's both trying to destroy the dragon and we're trying like the movie's just trying to get him to the beach to graham's house so well, it, they seem like Graham. at odds and i i know he is having an internal conflict here, but it just reads as like silly plotting. But he me. knows that Graham is after him, so I mean, it's like it only makes sense for him to try to take Graham but, out. But Graham doesn't know who he is, and the only reason but Graham, that Graham but he finds knows that out, Graham is going to know who he is because he walks in on them whenever they're in there interviewing his boss. When he walks in that that night, and yeah. then he turns around and runs out to his van and drives away. So he made up that whole fucking plan just right then. 
Oh, I don't. Well, electric because he had already that complicated of a plan. I mean, he 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 says. I mean, he, obviously, he wants to kill Frank Whaley because Frank Whaley's a, like almost as much of a scumbag in the movie as uh, well, yeah. Hoffman, right? So, like, and and Whaley, I'm sorry, Whaley rules. We got to bring him back to more movies. He's great. <laughs> yeah. uh, but like, obviously, he's been wanting to kill that guy. He's got no problem killing that guy. So yeah, I mean, I can see you putting that plan together in a half hour. You know, <laughs> like, right. I got to fake my death. I need somebody to uh, replace me. You know. So what about? Um, I had two. Two specific moments that I really didn't like. Okay. Um, first, when we are introduced to, I can't remember Rafe's, Rafe's name. What's his oh, name? Oh, uh, Dollarhide. Francis okay. Dollarhide. Yeah. When we're introduced to Francis, it's just like that winding shot through the house yeah. with the, uh, the, woman, the voice of the grandmother yeah, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. And I was, and then we just get to him and he's pumping iron. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it's just like, why did we have <laughs> like? Why can't you just let me find out that he's unhinged and he probably has something going on in his background? Why did I get this voiceover? Are you of a serious? Grandmother? You don't know why they get that voiceover? Did I miss it? Not to defend it, but like obviously the voiceover exists for the sole purpose of Edward Norton being able to repeat those lines later in the film to rescue his son. And that was the moment I hated. I, I hated that moment okay. so much. I love that shit. I, I don't. Like, I, I agree with you about the winding shot and the woman's voice. I think that's. that's I think that's so heavy handed. Just setting that up. I setting agree. that up for later is terrible. I agree. I agree. I think it's pointless, and I think there's other ways you could have done that that would have made it that would have been better <clears> and more clever. But I think it is very clever that he uses psychology to defeat him. And I love the fact that more than anything in this film, I love how uh, kind of sloppy and clumsy the violence is in this movie. Like any time that people are being violent with one another, it's like the weirdest. Like like even that beginning scene, like when he, he stabs him and he's dragging the knife up his abdomen. And then he puts the arrow. He takes a, a cluster of arrows and <laughs> digs it into his into his, into Anthony Hopkins' stomach. And then he shoots him, but he doesn't shoot him like in the head or in the heart, obviously because he can't die, right? So he shoots him like right here, like in the lower abdomen, and then like in the shoulder. And then he misses and hits the wall behind him. Amazing. And then the the end shootout when they're shooting at each other through the door. That shit rules. Come on. You gotta love that, like how they're missing each other and they're hitting each other in the arms. Oh, it's, yeah. it's just incredible to me. I and I mean, Mary Louise Parker, I think it's has funny because like you, you guys clearly watched two different movies. <laughs> I know. What'd you say, Jay? So Mary Louise Parker has had some training. She, when she got when she got angry when he was already down, she well they they show her learning how to shoot earlier yeah. in the film. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They set up everything. Ratner knows what he's doing here. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to apologize. I'll apologize to Brett Ratner. You're no McGee. You're no, no McG. He's no McG. Um, now, I won't. No, I'm not. I'm not defending Ratner as a director. Obviously, Rat, Ratner has has gone above and beyond proving that he does not know how to direct a movie. He can't direct his way out of a paper bag. But I think that this film is an anomaly for him. I think it's like far and away his best film. I don't understand how he directed it. Like when I watch it, I'll I see things that I don't like about it too. That's why it's not a five. Like I like that winding shot. I don't like that either. I don't like the uh, audio cues, like when he turns the lights on and he sees the murder scene. He's like, Rrr! you know, like a Pindarecki music or whatever. I, I don't like that. It's very heavy handed. It's very uh, kind of sleazy. And uh, I think that's what it takes away from Michael Mann's Manhunter, more or less. But the the but overall, I think that it's really competently made. I think it's well made. I think it's the acting. I like the acting. I like everybody in it. I think. I think I don't think I can think of anybody that I disliked in it, but so yeah. this is one of two movies I have this week that I think 
you like and I don't, and a lot of that hinges on the performances. Okay. And the other one is, well, we'll get to it. But okay, we'll get to it, yeah. I guess. Just remind me. <laughs> <All right. laughs> well, I'm, uh, I, I appreciate you watching it. I was really confused by your rating. I wasn't confused. I was, happy to watch I was it. confused at first by your rating. But not as much as I was after I rewatched it. Then I was really confused by your rating because I was like, "This thing is near perfect for me. <laughs> like, I love it, and I don't I, understand why, what what problem you could have with it." But I, I, I just, I still, yeah. Hearing you talk about it, just like, I can't. How about the scene when? Get into how about the scene when he uh, gives uh, Hoffman the exclusive to trap uh, Francis Dollarhide, and he says. This is just a place I'm keeping in D.C. till this scumbag goes down in flames. <laughs> he's just saying it so nonchalantly because he wants the quote in the story. It's, yeah. He's impotent with members of the opposite sex. <laughs> it's so good. That, that whole sequence made me think, like, did they not realize that he was probably going to go after Hoffman? <laughs> right. Were they trying to murder Hoffman? I guess they just didn't think it through enough. I really like Keitel in it, too. And I'll tell you what, the thing I, I forgot all about was the... um. When they find the note from Dollarhide in the toilet paper, that mm-hmm. whole sequence where they take it, they're like, "We got an hour. We got to take it out. We got to send it to yeah. the lab." All that, and the and the uh, Asian like guy from uh, Rush Hour, the villain from Rush Hour, is in it in, in that part, and he's like one of the he's a scientist guy who's like trying to figure out what the writing on the thing says. That whole scene ruled. Like, I, I, that had me riveted. And how Hopkins is figuring out what's going on. How do they give him a fucking phone? I what know, is right? like, <laughs> yeah. I love the fact that the phone has no numbers on it, but he, still, he knows how to, like, he presses the thing down to dial the number. Like, that's, that's just fucking awesome. I love that kind of stuff. I like clever stuff. Very, very exciting. Amazing film. Uh, oh, I got to talk real quick about the doc. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I watched, hang on, hang on. I watched the making of documentary, though, on the Blu-ray. No, you got to hear about this. This is incredible. There's too much energy Ratner, going into this movie. Ratner, Ratner invited Michael Jackson to set. Why? Yeah, why? I guess he had directed one of his All music videos people. or something. He came to set, though, in the documentary, and they, they, they're like talking about it for like 10 minutes in the documentary, like preparing for Michael Jackson to arrive. Like, this is his trailer. This is a serious mindfuck, because you said Michael. I was like, oh, Michael Mann. Like, that no, kind of makes Michael that kind of makes sense. Well, Michael, right. Mann, Michael Mann is involved, too, sort of. So, so, so they're like, they're like, here, they're like here, here's, here's Michael's trailer. Uh, he can stay in here. Uh, and they're like, and, and Michael, Michael Jackson's people are like, okay, make sure all the blinds are closed. Nobody should be able to see in here, see anything that we're doing in there. And it's just like, and I was just thinking about like, how much of the budget is committed to Michael Jackson being able to visit the set? They have to bu- rent a trailer for him and everything. And so he comes and they show him a scene uh, from the movie and he's like, oh, it's really nice. Great. And he gets into a limo and leaves. Uh, there's another. What scene. the fuck? There's I, another. I hope that's on every Brett Ratner <laughs> DVD. He always like a, gets him. He's the- at the X-Men The Last Stand. Just like, yeah. it's a really nice scene. <laughs> what? They, uh, I love the mutants. They, uh... So, anyways, he he Dante Spinotti uh, did the cinematography. He also did the he also shot Manhunter. So he gets he get he's like asking him to call Michael Mann. He's like, would you? I'm thinking about calling Michael Mann off, offering a part in the movie. It's like, does he act? He's like, I don't know. I don't really don't know. <laughs> Please like, don't do that. Ratner Ratner. As much as I like the movie, he is such a fucking tool. Like he <laughs> like, like later on, he's sitting. He's he's got um, what's that guy's name? The uh the European photographer. He's really famous. His name's Helmet something. You guys know this person? No, he takes bl- like black and white photos. No, he took know. the famous one of Lynch and uh, Isabella Rossellini after Blue Velvet. Not anyway, sure. 
he's got him on the set, of course, taking set photos. <laughs> and he's sitting on the couch with him. He's like, hey, what about that picture you took of uh, Paul Thomas Anderson? Where it was like just his above his oh brow. My God. And like, below his, like, you remember this? He goes, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's for the, this magazine, whatever. He goes, I won't take one like that of me. Oh, <laughs> he takes, wow. And then he just sits there and he's like, go ahead, go ahead. And this just, is the movie. Like, where is this movie? It's, it's on the Blu ray. Check it Someone out. Someone write the script. <laughs> it's hysterical. Break that on Letterboxd. Five out of five. <laughs> it was it was incredible. I loved watching it. It was really, really great. Oh, and uh, at the end when they did the rap party, Edward Norton says, I just want to thank the people really responsible for this fat budget that we had. Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan, thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. So anyway, that's uh that's Red Dragon. I gave it a four and a half. I give it uh I give it a two and a half. Two and a half Edward Norton wigs out of five. <laughs> <laughs> Or just awesome. died blonde hair. He died. He died it. He bleached it a little. Awesome. Because he lives on the beach, so his hair gets lighter. Yeah. I, um. Yeah. I've been to the beach. <laughs> he lived on the beach for years. John, you're very tan, Will. Exactly. <laughs> Your hands are rough. All right. John. Uh. Yeah. I watched uh Hulu documentary "Too Funny to Fail: The Life and Death of the Danny Carvey Show." Um, had to be done. Pretty hilarious. Right. <laughs> uh, a lot of scenes from the Danny Carvey show, and I, I didn't know it was like this. Sound like you said Dan- Danny Carvey. <laughs> the Danny Carvey show. Uh, <laughs> massive failure, like colossal failure. Um, the show, and uh, yeah, I think there was only six episodes, and it was completely canceled. But uh, man. starred Steve Carell, yeah, and Stephen Colbert, yeah, and, and, and uh, Louis C.K. wrote for him as well. Right, right. Just f- hilarious shit. Um really like ahead of its time like all the adult swim like tim and eric shit and fa- even family guy like that they, random they all owe this show like th- this show is just all of that and not fit for television like r- it, apparently it aired right after home improvement and like Ooh, the, yeah. dana carvey was like what did it, what did we do like <laughs> <laughs> like he had never seen home improvement he watches an episode and he's like it's like this wholesome american show and he's like my god what have we what have we done <laughs> Like the, and then like the show starts and it's like Bill Clinton with like like six teats like feeding <laughs> feeding animals and shit like it's like God. what is happening? But uh, yeah, should have been on a uh, premium network probably. He yeah. was o- it was actually offered to HBO and like his producers or something said like no nah, man you're 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 so huge like you're, you'll be great on prime time like no dude, this this show would have been great on HBO. Yeah. But uh, yeah, check it out. It's 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 really funny and. The Danny Carvey show itself is really great. Um, the episodes are on YouTube, I think. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Really funny stuff. Um, yeah. Gave it like a three and a half. Cool. Cool. Kevin? Let's see. So I rewatched Swiss Army Man, and I think it's entertaining. Directed by Daniels? Uh, yeah. Two two, du- two dudes both named Daniel. You're called Daniels? You're called, yeah. Like, it's like oh, Mick G. Yeah. Daniels. <laughs> Which is like, you know, that's kind of funny. Or uh, uh, the, the Superfly remake was directed by Director X. <laughs> <laughs> and it actually says in the trailer, from visionary director, Director X. Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> that's just... That's you say visionary Sorry. filmmaker. I think so it did say filmmaker. I think I, <laughs> right. I, I, I fucked that up. Wow. <laughs> but yeah, wow. so, uh, wow. so Paul Dano is on this de- deserted island, and he's about to hang himself, and he finds Daniel Radcliffe's quote-unquote corpse in the waves fishes him out and then lo and behold daniel radcliffe's 
flatulence gets them back to the mainland. <laughs> and so they go, like, it's a lot of, like, Paul Dano, like, t- talking about how he's in love with Mary Elizabeth Winstead and how he never really spoke to her. And, like, Daniel Radcliffe's body is just becomes this cornucopia of random things, like a water filtration system, uh, fire... Uh, <laughs> a bunch of random other stuff, and um, and while I was almost like a Swiss Army knife or a tool of some sort. <laughs> I, mean, I sort of, yeah, yeah, sort of. Um, I see what they did. Yeah, and so while I was watching the movie, like the mo- the movie itself, it's it's fun. Um, I I like the acting. Like, I will give I will give uh Radcliffe props. Because, you know, he easily could have just skated by the rest of his career doing, you know, shit. But he's willing to be in a movie where his flatulence can propel him across the sea. Um, it's related to shit. Sort of. Flash. Yeah, yeah flatulence. Um, but while I was watching it, I was really reminded of a Mighty Boosh episode called The Nightmare of Milky Joe. Where Vince and Howard get stranded on this deserted island. And they're lonely, so one day Howard comes up with this coconut that he's decorated called Milky Joe. Whoa. And he has deep philosophical discussions with him about Sartre and, you know, the meaning of existence and all that kind of stuff. And then Vince goes off and comes back with two coconuts named Ruby and Precious. And... <laughs> I mean, I know n- nobody here. This is like a like, copyright <laughs> infringement, though. Are you accusing Daniels of uh, no, lifting no, no. this idea, or or Zemeckis for that matter? No, I'm just saying. You know, it's a kind of kind of a similar similar yeah. thing where there's yeah. like you know deserted islands and you know like hallucinations and hmm. that kind of stuff. I, w- um, I wouldn't put it past these uh, two hipsters to uh, have watched that show and written <laughs> a script there of their own, yeah. lifting all the ideas. Yeah, but uh, they've probably read a lot of Sartre themselves, probably. John Paul Sartre. John Paul Sartre. <laughs> and uh Sartre. Yeah. <laughs> but then but then things things go sour with Milky Joe like the man is an arse. He won't stop he won't stop talking about Sartre. Like get me in with Precious, please. All right, I'll see what I can do. And then so like so then the guys start decorating even more and more coconuts coming out of nowhere. So oh, like Wait, is this the Mighty Boosh or is this Yes, the, this is the Mighty Boosh. <laughs> That's why. That's why. Like, Lost so in a Swiss sea Army of... Man, three and a half. Nightmare of Milky Joe, five out of five. Because, oh, uh, like, so like they start to have you know this hard like, to beat co- the original. Yeah, they start to have this like coconut society, and then like things start to get weird between Howard and Precious because like Precious becomes abusive, and uh, one night Howard accidentally tips her over and like. He calls Vince in and like there's like coconut milk coming from Precious's head. Like, what's going on here? <laughs> and yeah, it sounds great. like a real classic there, Kevin. Totally have to check it out. Yeah, sounds, sounds very British. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, the Mighty Boosh is pretty funny. Yeah. It's actually really funny. Yeah, and it's like super, super creative. Yeah, funny stuff. Yeah, cool. Jr. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Great transition. I wasn't ready. Totally. I mean, I can go. I don't know. No, I'll do. Uh, okay, go ahead. I'll do my other homework. Oh, cool. My homework oh, yeah. from Kevin. Cool. Right. You guys both gave me Anthony Hopkins movies. Yeah. You're welcome, <laughs> Sir Anthony Hopkins. To you. 
<laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, so I watched uh, Magic, directed by Richard at Richard Attenborough, 1978, about a uh, a ventriloquist who becomes much more popular and famous than I would assume a ventriloquist can become. <laughs> and uh, Jeff Dunham, yeah, the guy's oh, huge. God, you're right. Or Terry Fader, guy speak to, <laughs> you know. And uh, kind of, you know. When he gets really famous, he decides to go uh, seclude himself in upstate New York, I think, and uh, and kind of work through his act, he says. But it seems like an excuse to go hang out with uh, a lost love, Anne Margaret. Where is he going to hang out? I'm sorry. Like the Adirondacks yeah. or something. Those is are, he, is like he not British upstate. then in the film? No, no, he's New York. He's from New York, mm-hmm. and he has an American accent? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I've only seen one film with him with an American accent or not a British accent, and it was yeah. embarrassing because he cannot do it. <laughs> it's not embarrassing. His accent is not embarrassing. Okay, the movie's not embarrassing. Okay. But, um, I don't know. Does that sound like a serious plot synopsis to you guys, though? Serious in what way? Just like, is it, does it sound like a serious movie? Well, like, because uh, like, yeah, kinda. like it sounds weird that he's okay. like, yeah, it seems like he's an artist who takes it too seriously, and he's yeah. like. I gotta get away from everything to seriously yeah. work on my art. Yeah, and yeah, that, it, it stays. That's a, that's a story that needs to die. This <laughs> is a very, this is a very serious movie, and the whole time, just because I, I feel like uh, in the beginning of the movie, Anthony Hopkins kind of telegraphs, or the script kind of telegraphs that he's, um, he is fighting for control of his brain. I think, hmm. you know, he's uh, this this doll is uh, it's in his head. So that's he, what makes he, him such a good ventriloquist. Right. Ventriloquist. So you, you, you notice pretty early that he's crazy in some way. You don't really know how it's going to come out, but, uh, I kept waiting for it to get ridiculous. Cause I thought maybe that's where we're going and it doesn't get ridiculous though. It does get violent and murderous. Yeah. Nice. And, uh, yeah. Now not to spoil, but is the dummy the one who does the murdering? Is it a Chucky situation or? <laughs> <laughs> no. And is the dummy possessed by a serial killer a la Chucky? I mean, how played do by we want to do spoilers? Played by Brad Dura. <laughs> no, it's a not. serious movie. Is it like a sli- isn't it like a like a there's, so the it's way like the magical, right? I mean, it's like he's the dummy is alive, no? No. Oh, no. I thought I mean, it was like the, the way it's all the way it's of. all filmed is you see you see the dummy and then you see the person die and it's it's all shot so that you can't really tell who's killing I but see. But it is... It's Hopkins. Yeah, it's Hopkins. Yeah. yeah. He's Psycho, essentially. Yeah. He's Norman Bates. It, it is a lot like Psycho. Yeah. The way that they're, like, secluded in this... Uh, hmm. He's in, like... He's in, like, some cab... They're, like... Yeah, it's, like, a <laughs> retreat area. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Margaret runs, like, the, the house that ha- has all these cabins on a lake. Yeah. And they start doing it. And, uh, you know, she's got a husband. Husband comes home. That's not going to work out. Um <laughs> The you know his manager is like, you have a Burgess TV Meredith. show, yeah, Burgess Meredith, who has like this oh, crazy yeah. sing songy voice in this movie is great, yeah. um, but he uh, he comes and he's like, you gotta come back to work, and then he's like, oh no, you're crazy, we gotta get you some help, <laughs> and Andy's like, like this isn't gonna work, I'm gonna have to kill you, <laughs> and so he kills him, <laughs> and yeah, it's uh, that's about how it goes, and it's. They good? don't spend enough time. <laughs> I wish they spent more time with <laughs> like showing his act and showing how he gets famous. But it's pretty much twenty minutes of setup, and then he goes off to the Adirondacks. You wanted then... a Star Is Born with a ventriloquist dummy, 
right? Like he becomes how he becomes famous doing a ventriloquist act. Uh, <laughs> Maybe I did. Yeah. 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 <laughs> or, or like Linny, but with a ventriloquist dummy. Did you see that the I watched the, the Barbra Streisand version last night? No, I missed I, it. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. This is really, it's real bad. <laughs> yeah. Oh, real God. bad. Um, with Chris Christopherson? Yeah. He's coming to town, you know. I didn't to know. Play, to play music at Should the uh, Shaw him? Center. Oh, goodness. I mean, heckle him specifically about that film. Yeah. You were bad in this one film. Yeah. <laughs> How many versions <laughs> of this fucking okay. movie are there? <laughs> like 17,000? No. It's or is four. this the fifth or is this the fourth? There's one, two, three, four. On IMDb, there's a Star Is Born world premiere, and then there's a, a porn star is born. <laughs> that counts. That, that counts. <laughs> I mean, there are four movies called A Star Is Born. Wait, isn't like, <clears throat> a porn star is born? Isn't that basically Boogie Nights? Yeah, pretty much. Essentially, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. You could you could say that. Speaking of Burt Reynolds, yeah. Uh, if I see A Star Is Born, this fucking trailer one more time, though, I swear to God, it's supposed to be dude, incredible. I, this I don't, film. I, dude. The I don't trailer. I don't. I don't see how it could be good. But they're saying it's amazing. <laughs> so, I don't know. They're he's saying so, Gaga is incredible. And he's <laughs> so tan. He is. He looks like a catcher's mitt. Maybe <laughs> he lives at the beach. Yeah. How do we know? Yeah. yeah. At the be- he must have been at the beach for about three or four years <laughs> yeah, straight. He lives just like laying, laying on the sun. Stranded. On the sun so, it's yeah. acceptable for Ed, but not for Bradley? <laughs> yeah. Bradley Cooper is the fucking worst. Yeah. Ed looks uh, nicely tan, even, you know. Not, yeah. <laughs> it looks like he's been a chain smoker since he was born. <laughs> hey, turn around. I just want to get another look at you. <laughs> I just want this movie to go away. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's brutal. Uh, why, why, didn't Bra- why couldn't Bradley Cooper have stuck with the Crow remake? Am I right? That was gonna happen. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow. man. He was involved. In he the, wasn't gonna be in it though, right? He was gonna be the crow. Okay. No. Never mind. This yeah. is this is better. <laughs> He's gonna be because uh, I'm not gonna Eric see Draven. <laughs> <laughs> Can't rain all the time. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, uh, moving on. I, uh, that's a deep. Wait, 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 wait. So John, we got to do a deep. You've, you've given, a, you've given, us, you've given us synopsis. Why did you rate it two and a half? Oh, oh great. Uh, I mean, I, I didn't gonna, expect yeah. you to like like it, but no. Because there wasn't, there wasn't enough. <laughs> All right. Uh, because, because the, the, I think like they telegraph his craziness, and then just show him going crazy, and there aren't really surprises. I, mm. I think, um, you know, I think Hopkins has an interesting character that they just don't do a whole lot with because they seclude him so quickly, and uh, you know he's just a weirdo when he's yeah. with Anne Margaret. I don't really know why Anne Margaret is attracted to that. Besides the fact that she really just doesn't like her husband, but um, who can blame her? It seems yeah. like an odd choice for Attenborough as a filmmaker. Like it does. It seems like a pretty low key movie for him. Like he usually yeah. Doesn't well, I don't pretty epic long. Pictures, I don't know anything no. about his seventies output. What I mean, Aside Ga- from Gandhi was like too far. Gandhi was eighty one yeah. or something. It was like right? three years after this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Chaplin is really long. <laughs> so, yeah. So well, this is. I would say this is longer than it should have been. Oh, okay. It's almost two hours yeah. or 105 minutes. It just seems, it's like it's almost seems like it's some kind of like thriller, you know, whereas he usually does like, or as yeah, far I mean, as I know, his film. It, yeah, doing it is like, a th- you know, serious uh, biopic Academy Award winning kind of stuff. Maybe yeah. if it had leaned harder into like actually being a thriller, it, it's it seems stuck between thriller with a ridiculous premise and character study of a of a guy mm-hmm. going crazy. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it's just, I don't know. I remember when I first saw this movie in Blockbuster, like I looked at it and I was like, like, so you got Anthony Hopkins, it's directed by Richard Attenborough, the screenplay is by William Goldman, who also wrote the book, 
And I looked on my shelf and I own this book. <laughs> I must have picked it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I picked it up at the book bazaar. Yeah, and I, I think many like, years ago. I don't know why they didn't include this in the movie. No, I mean, especially it. since William Goldman wrote the script. But like, there's a lot more in the book about like how he like fails as a magic act, and like there's actually a scene where he's like sitting in his apartment with the uh, with the gas on, and like it's getting kind of that to that point, and then there's a voice that comes to him and then like the next scene he's like on fire so there's a little little bit more of a setup there but i did like the first scene is him describing to his i think father uh how his like open mic magic set went right and he's describing it as going really well and they're cutting to him just bombing terribly yeah i I really liked that that's good and then uh and then the very next scene is him being a He's still doing the open mic, but he's doing it with a ventriloquist, and he's yeah. quite successful at it. He, right. That's where like a manager is discovering him and selling him to a a network. Yep. Right. Well, yeah, that's it. Uh, <clears throat> it's another two and a half. Not a not a great day for Tony. Bummer. You know? yeah. Bummer. Uh, I rewatched No Country for Old Men for the second time in less than a year. Uh, <laughs> I was in West Monroe with my in laws, and they were like, "Hey." Uh, let's go turn on Netflix. Let's find a movie. And I was like, uh, okay. And they're like, go ahead and put something on. And they're like, you, you want me to put a movie on? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, all right. And so I started looking and, uh, Solo. They, she, they, they were, they were like, they were like, pick something you haven't seen either. And I was like, I don't think there's going to be much I haven't seen on here. That's any good. And so, uh, I was looking around and I said, I said, have you guys seen no country for old men? And they said they hadn't. And I was, uh, very shocked and appalled. Because uh, it just feels like a movie that, especially like country folk, should have seen. You know, like I mean, I know it's it is it's definitely like it's got a layer that's uh, you know it's Corin McCarthy, so it's like philosophical and everything else. But I mean, you can you can appreciate it on a very superficial yeah. level as a crime mm-hmm. story. And so, um, yeah, we watched it, and uh, I mean, it's just did they like it? They did like it, oh, but uh, he was the uh, my father in law was extremely mad about the ending. He didn't under where what, what happened to the money? Who got the money? <laughs> I was like, I was like, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's kind of a thing in their movies. Yeah. So uh, I I uh, I'll just say I mean I don't I'm not gonna like talk about this movie at length because I mean it's been talked to death. But this movie is so fucking good. It's just like absolutely perfect and. Mm-hmm everything is great the acting rules all of the like the plot stuff the machinations of the plot where things go makes so much sense uh just following the character of Llewellyn and like his choices make a lot of sense and all the ways in which they use their these like little clever things to get out of situations or to fix situations like he goes and buys the tent poles because he needs to get the case pushed back into the air vent so it's hidden, you know, <laughs> and so he can grab it later on. I mean, just really uh, weird stuff that you wouldn't think about. I'm sure it all comes from the book, but it's just like really uh, ingenious. Uh, and then, like when when the when uh, Chigurh gets shot and he has to go, he blows up the car outside the pharmacy to distract everybody so he can steal all the stuff he needs to fix himself. <laughs> just like, and the whole scene of him fixing his leg incredible the makeup effects are amazing in this movie and the violence is absolutely top-notch this probably has the best movie violence out of any film ever made so uh you know it's just uh, phenomenal it's really really great i have 
almost no issues with. The only issue I would have if I had one was uh, the mother character. <laughs> the uh, what's her face's mother, yeah. Kelly McDonald. Her her mother is a little bit uh, of a caricature, but the rest of them are pretty good. Just great stuff. Great, great. Woody Harrelson, amazing. <laughs> just amazing. Yeah. And like just like the right amount of humor. Yeah. Not too goofy. Still serious, but like this, he's just got this whole like kind of like cynical thing going. I don't know. It's just fucking awesome. This movie rules. Five mm-hmm. out of five. <laughs> John. Okay. Uh, on on a polar opposite note, uh, I watched A Quiet Place, uh, directed by John Krasinski, starring John Krasinski <laughs> and, and, Emily Blunt. and his wife Emily, Emily Blunt. And his wife. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's a real family project. It's like a Judd Apatow. <clears throat> yeah. This movie is I don't I don't know. I okay, don't just real quick, I I'll just <clears throat> full disclosure, never seen it, but I did watch the kill count video on YouTube, <laughs> so I know everything. <laughs> Anybody else seen this pile of shit? Yeah, we have yeah. seen it. They would have talked about okay. it last week. Okay, yeah. cool. Good. I'll be short then. Uh they show the they show the monsters like instantly. So I was just like, "What the fuck? Like, yeah. really? Bad, bad, bad idea. Like what? Yeah. Like in- instantly? It's like ten minutes in the movie. Like, and I'm like, what the fuck? So not everybody wants to be Jaws, you know? But yeah. it's like, yeah, but shouldn't they? Because Jaws is a master. There's no right? build up to this shit at all. <laughs> and then yeah, yeah. You, once that happens, I'm just like, okay. And then you just you just watch events unfold in this ridiculous universe. And yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't even know what the fuck I watched. I, I hated this thing. I gave it a two. <laughs> I, I don't. Yeah, yeah. And it was it wasn't suspenseful? It, I, but they, I mean, but they weren't talking. That's that adds suspense. The yeah. quiet. <laughs> Is there score in this film? Yeah, a lot yeah. of okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, a lot of high pitch shit, and yeah. uh, it just which it, is which it, is funny because like that plays <laughs> that plays into the movie, but it's, like it's somehow score, no one score else as foreshadowing. Yeah, like somehow it, nobody figured that out. Like. Two, three years later. Meaning that you can just, like, scream and lower them wherever you want to? And Well, like, has anyone here ever seen a tone generator? Oh, yeah, like... Like, it'll produce, like, you know, exactly, like, 100 hertz, This, 1, is, this is what hertz, my wife said. My wife was like, okay, why don't they just, like, throw a boombox in a field with, like, 10 pounds of fucking dynamite and yeah. just do that, like, everywhere? <laughs> I, I like, yeah. what are we doing here? Yeah, they're obviously yeah, trying to just get some like <laughs> real high-powered tweeters. Hook up a hook up a tone but generator maybe to it's, it. Maybe it'll, maybe, they'll be so disoriented you can just walk down the line. And pow, pow, pow. <laughs> can I say also that that movie? It's easy to yeah. write your way out of that because you could say, you could show somebody doing that, and then be, the the monsters don't react to it and be like, well, they only the, react if it's a person screen. They can tell see, if it's a human if voice. Th- right. That would add more to it, though. Yeah, and yeah. like they just never do that. I'm like, it, you're just led to believe that any sound like attracts them. And he's in his basement, like, you know, plotting out everything. Just with, like, plowing his all, wife, all, <laughs> getting her pregnant. All these TVs and shit. I was like, dude, all those, like, tube TVs are making, like, excruciatingly high-pitched sounds. But aren't they in the isn't those basement They're soundproof? In the, yeah, but, I mean. That's what they say. No. But it's no, not. No, because like, they open the fucking door, and it's like, it, it just oh, goes I straight see. up. And it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. 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 There's well, fucking mattresses on the wall, but they, they have, have yeah. soundproof. <laughs> They have another soundproof room that is more soundproof. Oh, I see. I actually kind of like mattresses. that. That when they're building, is that, that where they fuck? Like, mm-hmm. No, that's where she has the, the child. Oh, but they fuck there too. Probably, probably. I, I guess. She's, I don't. She's a screamer. It's a, it's a shit where you eat situation. <laughs> but th- this really felt like a like a really shitty like early PlayStation video game like plot, like a Silent Hill kind of like thing? Not, not not even that good. <laughs> like 
No, just, no pyramid head. Just not yeah. good. This this movie is just not good. I don't know. And John Krasinski, uh, I he, can't take he is seriously. forever yeah. Jim. I, His he, nose he, is too For big. eternity, he will <laughs> be Jim right? from The Office. Have you seen the trailers to the uh, the Amazon show, the John Jack Ryan show that he's in? Yeah. I can't take him seriously. Like, his nose is gigantic. He looks like a goofy, like, like 1930s, like, journalist or something. No, he looks like Jim. It's done. Like, forever. I'm <laughs> right, sorry. Like, yeah. And they're like, she's like, promise me you will find them in response. I'll find He's them. He's like, I'll find them. Like, you're, you're, you're John Krasinski. It makes no sense. It just doesn't work. No, it's not his, a nose, fine Pam. his nose makes sense. He's supposed to be an analyst. Analysts <laughs> have big noses. He gets thrown into the field. Uh, you know, he, uh, he, doesn't, he doesn't have a nose for the field. But did you see? Did you see? Did, any, did anybody see uh, the Benghazi movie, the Thirteen Hours no, Michael Bay movie no, that he was in? That. He was like a soldier in that one. Did his nose get him in trouble in that one too? He has a big beard in that one, so maybe that. Well, he yeah, has that, a beard in this like, one too. That really though, so. weighs it out, you know. Like, yeah, but he has yeah. a beard in Quiet Place, doesn't he? D- does he? Yeah, he yeah. Does. Did he have a beard? Yeah. I don't know. How do you guys feel about the way that he uh, covers his mouth when he says "shh"? Like he like puts his like finger. It's like, like this. Yeah. Oh right. Yeah. Like, why does he do that? I laughed the nose is out loud. In the way. Literally laughed out loud when he did that. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I saw it in the in the YouTube clips. I, yeah. I think he was like it's fear. But that's not a good way to show fear. No. <laughs> anyway. Not good. What'd you no. give it? Give two? it a two. Right. Mercy two. I guess we're I guess we're gonna continue this X pattern, uh, Kevin. Uh, let's yeah, see. It's kind of confusing. You, you're gonna no. have to keep saying our names because <laughs> yeah. I won't. Nobody will remember when they're, <laughs> right. when they're supposed to go. Let's see. Okay, so uh, I watched a couple of Sofia Coppola movies. Uh, started with a rewatch of Virgin Suicides. Um, what a piece of shit, right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I gave it a three, and you equate that to like, oh, Kevin hated this movie. I thought you gave it a two and a half. To be fair. No, you, oh, you gave uh, Lost in Translation a two and a half. Yeah, spoiler. Come well, he, see, here's the thing, like this, and this this goes for Lost in Translation and for Marie Antoinette. Like, there was nothing in them that I like, actually like didn't like. Yeah. But there was nothing in them that I like really thought was actually very good either. Scarjo, so, what are we talking about here? Scarjo's butt through the, through the <laughs> underwear in the first shot. <laughs> You have just to watch like Under the Skin for that. Well, I mean, that's a little less sexual, I think. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Let's move but, on. Yeah. But, yeah. But, yeah. So, like, um, also, like, from, like, everything that I've heard about Marie Antoinette, like, I thought it was just going to be a 70s, 80s soundtrack, like, through the entire thing. Like, yeah. there is actually very, very little of that. Is that a problem? No. but okay. it was. But it's something that, like... I've seen so much of it like, you know, oh, it has this kind of soundtrack. And, like, there's more period music in the movie than non-period music. So it's like, I I don't understand, like, you know, people were, like, apparently really up in arms about this. And I was like, okay, you know, they play play Gang of Four at the beginning and, you know, a couple of things here and there. But, like... It's, it's no Knight's Tale. They're not playing those exactly, songs on yeah. lutes. Right. Or no, that, exactly. would, that would be insane. There are there, there's quite a bit of music though. I mean, well, I mean, not, would be not that I readily so yeah. readily recognized. I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, I recognized Gang of Four, and I was like, yeah, that makes sense because you know, um, there's you know, quite a bit. There's there's, even, but they don't even play <laughs> Age of Consent in the film, do they? No, they didn't. It's only in the trailer. No. I don't. I don't. Total fucking yeah, loss. I mean, <laughs> The best I mean, song in the whole associated with the entire film is not even in the movie. I, I, I'm just I was pissed off that like the movie. I really just wish it would have been like a a movie set now 
or like when it came out. Like, I, yeah, I don't. It doesn't need to be this. Like, well, they don't have she, kings with. No, I know. I understand. Know, I understand. They don't get killed. I understand by that. But their the, the original, the original <laughs> yeah. idea was to be like, I just wanted like a teen drama, but I'm gonna set it in whatever the fuck. But it's like, yeah, yeah. Just make a teen drama. I, I, like, why do you have to? Well, she well, kind of already did with teen, suicide. What kind of so. teen would have? But it's, I think it's interesting to. I, okay, I have not seen this movie in 15 years, but. What kind of teen would have the kind of power that Marie Antoinette has, right? Isn't that the whole point? I mean, she's a teenager, but she, and she's a spoiled brat, but she's also queen of the country. I mean, she country. could have been, like, Bill Gates' daughter. I don't... You know what I mean? That's stupid, yeah, but... She's I, not, Bill Gates' daughter well, has that's, power. Well, that's the thing, I mean, too. Like, right. they, they, set, they set her up as, you know, like, the, the queen of France and everything, but, like, you know, she has, like, a couple of parties here and there. She's trying to fit in, and, uh, no, you know, like... Yeah. There's no, like, real, like, you know, magnet... There's no, like... Power flexing. Power, like she, there's yeah, no she's power not, fluxes. There's like there's no point where she's like having to like you know throw her weight around yeah. or like you know she's just having, banging like other dudes and yeah like, she's just banging parties. other dudes like sort of <laughs> like great. sort of trying Nothing to fit in at, at the at the royal court and then like next thing you know like they're banging down the door and she's about to die and it's like well. I agree. That's like that, I think like yeah. a lot more but happened. The point of I mean the point I think it's the point the point that she's trying to make is that she's unaware like blissfully probably unaware of, of that kind of that the issues that are happening outside of the palace yeah like she doesn't know that the people are upset she doesn't know that they hate her like whenever well, that, that scene where she says uh that they tell her that she said let them eat cake and she's like i never said that and it's just like yeah you yeah. know there's like this uh complete cutoff between her and reality the realities of of her country well no she like she's like i would never say that you know i'm like she actually goes on you know, fairly lengthy about how like I'm more sensitive than that about you know yeah. about the plight, but like I don't know, like I can I can I'm not bothered by historical inaccuracies or whatever because I don't expect them in movies, but like tonally, I think the movie is like really kind of all over the place, and it's like, do you want to tell it? Do you want to tell a teen drama? Do you want to do a period piece? Do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? And it's like it feels like. No, nothing ever settles in one thing for long enough to make it worthwhile. Yeah. And that was kind of the thing that I felt like with Virgin Suicides. Like, I think the biggest problem with Virgin Suicides is the title. That, uh, you know... You hate from, virgins? No. It's the, <laughs> it's the fact that, like, you know somebody's gonna die. And, like, you're immediately introduced to all these girls. And within the first five minutes, you know they're all gonna die. And I can see where they're trying to say, like, oh, you know, like, you see these girls and how they're trying to enjoy life. And so it's it's that much more tragic when they take their lives. But it's like, no, not really, because, like, I know that they're going to die. So, like, at any point, I'm expecting it. So, like, I can't, like, why would I get invested from the beginning? it's all about the journey, not the destination. I feel yeah, like it's but, also, like, I feel but like, you're already there. Isn't it more of like a more? I feel like it's more of a, a creepy mystery almost. The the like because yeah, it's not I, really. I don't think it's revealed why they're killing themselves. You can infer that they're killing themselves because their father is domineering or their mother is domineering or they're not allowed to do this or that or their sister killed herself already or whatever it is. But like, you don't really know why they're doing it, and there's no information about that, and they never meet up and talk about it or anything. Yeah. So it's more, and it's all told from the perspective of these boys. Yeah, who want them so it's like it's that that last scene when when Kirsten Dunst comes to talk to them and then she leaves the room. That's a creepy scene, man. I mean, you know, I, I felt yeah, it was anyway. Yeah. And then they're like wa- they're walking through the basement and the guy's backing up. He bumps into one of the yeah, corpses the, the and it's legs. like, 
Yeah, then then like then it's like a house of horrors all of a sudden. Yeah. They're discovering all the dead bodies. That's creepy and, though. I, I thought it worked really well. I don't know. Yeah, it's I, a I, creepy I, enough scene, but I like overall, <laughs> like the movie, I don't know, it just didn't I don't it didn't do it for me. And like and part of me thinks also it's like they're trying to make out that like Oh well, teenage girls, you can't understand them. You'll never understand them. That's true. So don't try. Right. Like you know, they'll just kill themselves just because. <laughs> yeah. I, I it's just kids do kill themselves just because. I mean, I, I, that, that yeah, is true. I, I like, get that. Because because a kid thinks that their entire world is what it is when yeah, they're that age, right? They yeah. don't they don't realize that they're going to grow out of that and that their whole world's going to change in just a couple of years. Right. Something totally different. Not that the movie gets into that at all, but I'm yeah, saying like yeah. that's something that you can bring in from your own. Personal yeah. experience. So I don't know. It just didn't. I mean, yeah. it just comes down to it is that you're wrong, and the movie's awesome. Four and a half out of five. <laughs> now, what'd you give it? You just three. got hijacked. Three. Yeah, and I and, yeah, and like lost in lost in translation and Marie Antoinette, both two and a half. Like, well, why again, don't like, you like Lost in Translation? Hmm? Why don't you like uh, Lost in Translation? I just I just didn't find anything. Not a big Giovanni Ribisi fan. No, he was fine. <laughs> like the you know the. The little that he's no, in I'm it, I'm just but kidding. Like, yeah, he's not in it. <laughs> he's barely in it. Cut. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, like I don't know. It's just nothing. Nothing was like outstanding. Yeah. So it was like it's been a while. Since yeah, I mean, there's it. nothing that I can say like, oh, that really doesn't work. But it, there's nothing that makes me go, hey, that was really good either. I, so, I think it's. I think it's one of her. If I was, if I was to separate her catalog into like major and minor work, I would probably put it in the minor category personally. Yeah. But, but I. But I do like it a lot. I, mean, I watched it pretty recently, and I. Definitely liked it much less than I yeah. thought I did. Right, it's definitely it's one of those movies you watch when you're in college and you think it's awesome, and then you watch it later. And then later you realize it's like they just like said, "Fuck it, let's go to Tokyo." Yeah, with like a million dollars. There's a lot of like, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of like just it's just like malaise and then being assholes, <laughs> yeah. and it's just a lot of it just doesn't. It seems pointless to me, but it's very of the yeah. time. Just very like we don't give a fuck about anything. Killer There's soundtrack, a, though, right, Jonathan? Yeah. yeah. Kevin Shields came back from retirement. He loves that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I like it better than the film. Uh, all right. Uh, JR? All right. Um, let's see here. So I saw that uh, Stanley Donan's last feature <coughs> was, on, uh, was on Amazon Prime. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And I saw that it was a, a Michael Caine sex comedy. <laughs> so I decided God. to watch it. And uh, in this sex comedy, <laughs> Michael Caine and his best friend, two, you know, they work together. They're, they're both fathers, they're best friends, their daughters are best friends. They go with their daughters to Rio de Janeiro for a little family beach trip. Michael Caine's wife uh, stays behind because she hates him and decides she doesn't want to go. She wants to go think about their marriage. And... Um, and Michael Caine's best friend is going through a divorce, so he wants to just go get some, um, you know, some, some tang down there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, like, let's, you know, let's go out, hit the clubs, and let's get, let our daughters just go do whatever. And uh, what, what that friend's daughter wants to do is fuck Michael Caine. Mm. And so that's what happens. That sounds really oh, familiar, yikes. actually. What but year is this? I can't think of what it's it sounds now. It's 1984. And this oh. is a remake of a... Claude Berry French huh. movie. But I feel like, I just feel like somebody's told me about this movie before, <laughs> where or, or I saw something recently about. I don't know. So go ahead, go ahead. Well, yeah, this, I'll um, think it through. 
the daughters, the one that's banging Michael Caine is Michelle What's it Johnson. Called again? Did you say the title it, of it? Did I? I don't know. No. Blame no. it on Rio. Sorry. Blame it on Rio. Blame it on Rio. Okay. Uh, so Michelle Johnson's banging Michael Caine. They're trying to keep it a secret, but oh, Michael Caine's Mich- daughter. Johnson is good looking. Yeah, Michelle's. Uh, oh, yeah. Michael Caine's daughter, <laughs> Demi Moore, <laughs> finds finds out about it very quickly, and is just kind of just like hanging out, watching them bang all the time. Doesn't literally say watching them bang, no. but like literally, literally in the next, sexy, yeah. literally in the next room. <laughs> oh, no. uh, not actually watching. Wow. So she's listening to her dad bang her friend. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Demi Moore is here for two hours, just basically sitting around. Sounds like American. She's nothing to do. A little bit. Nothing to do. Um, well, it's eighty four, right? She's like not a, not a person yet, right? So yeah, the, I guess where this goes wrong is um, uh, it's not funny ever. <laughs> it's not interesting ever. Besides <laughs> besides that premise, and uh, it just it's a little creepy. It's a little weird. It turns out that Michelle Johnson had to get special permission to be filmed nude because she wasn't even 18 yet jesus well. that's a little so that's a little creepy all righty well, <laughs> she was born in 65 though yeah but they didn't permission they didn't what? film it in 84 oh you're right it says at the age of 17 only two months out of high school yeah in phoenix arizona she was signed to director stanley Jonan. so and then there's um yikes then there's uh you know just like a, it's an end there's an ending to this movie that just like it's a shitty ending to a shitty movie. I was just, this is gross. It was weird. I'm uncomfortable. Never again. Thanks, Stanley. Sounds great. I'm going to check this one out. <laughs> no. Uh, one out of five. One out of five. Ouch. Ouch, ouch, ouch. Um, okay. So this is the worst Stanley Donen picture, or? I hope so. Okay. God. <laughs> um, I, uh, so the second night. Uh, we stayed in West Monroe. <laughs> I uh, they were like, "Hey, go go get a movie from the." They have a video store in West Monroe because it's like 1993 there still. And so I went to the video store and I bought some used Blu-rays. And uh, said, "Was it weird?" No, I've been there before. It's just like a. It just looks like a video store. It's just like very, and everybody mm-hmm. treats it like very normally. It's like not weird at all to them. But um, they don't realize they're in a museum. Exactly. <laughs> so I went and Maybe I, they just have shitty internet like Alaska. Maybe. So I bought uh, I bought a couple of movies. Uh, and then I went back and they were like, why don't you rent anything? And I was like, I don't have a membership at this. Like, I, uh, but anyways, so then they were like, well, just find something else on Netflix then. Cause they didn't want to watch the shit I bought. I bought like uh alien covenant and, uh, <laughs> and uh, man down anyway. So, uh, I, I found out of sight, which they also hadn't seen. And I was like, how have you not seen out of sight? It's just weird. They, they've not seen these movies. These great movies. And, um, I was like, we got to watch Out of Sight. You're going to love this movie. It's a blast. And uh, Let me guess. They hated it. No, they loved it. Really? They loved it. I mean, it is it is likable. It's fantastic. It is. Uh, it's very fun to it's watch. Such a, it's such a weird... It shouldn't work. The movie <laughs> should not be good. Like, it should have been good when you saw it for the first time when you're 13, and then it should not be good now. It should be like so totally those up. movies that we were talking about a oh. minute ago, right? The ones that just don't hold up, like Suicide Kings or something, right? Like something that you liked when oh, you were 17 gross. and you hate now. But this movie, yeah, talk about holds up. It's just fantastic. It's so well made, and the story is so good. Everything just works perfectly, and hmm. Soderbergh does not get nearly enough credit uh, as just he just knows what he's fucking doing. He's like Spielberg in that way; like he's just such a competent director at telling a story. And hold on, yeah, go ahead. He's such a competent director. He's like Spielberg. He yes. really knows how to tell a story. Yeah, did you... Spielberg is very competent. 
It's okay. not a great director, but he's very competent. All right, I was just yeah. I've never I was taken I've, it back for a minute. I've never argued Spielberg's competence. I know he I knows how to make films. He makes very enjoyable films sometimes. I, I I say he's rarely made anything that's fantastically great. He makes good and serviceable movies, like Minority Report. Anyway, um, but Out of Sight uh, yeah. is incredible. Uh, all like this, the comedy in it is amazing. It works really well. Steve Zahn is hysterical in it. Great. <laughs> He's great. <laughs> He's wonderful. Yeah. Uh, all the all of his interactions with George Clooney. George Clooney hates him so much. It's just fantastic. <laughs> him and Ving Rhames, uh, George Clooney and Ving Rhames have this great on screen chemistry. And it just rem- when I watched it, I was just reminded of how bad Ving Rhames is in, in Mission Impossible Fallout. <laughs> and I just don't understand how you go from being so good to being so bad in 20 years. It's just, <laughs> it's it's astonishing to me. But uh, yeah, it's just a great movie. Good, uh, a little bit of action in there. That's fun. Don Cheadle is great in it. Just a really good story. Albert Brooks, hysterical in it. <laughs> just a great film. Really, really good. Four and a half. Amazing picture. And George Clooney, one of his better, you know, you know, sometimes his charming thing can get on your nerves a little bit, I feel like, but... I don't know. This is like one of the earliest one examples of that, and I think he he's, does a really good job with it. Love it. I love Michael Keaton in it too. Wait, what did you give it? Playing uh, four and a half. Playing uh, the yeah. same the same character from Jackie Brown. Ray Nicolette. Ray Nicolette. Yeah. Yes. And he's in he's in Jackie Brown more, but he's very funny in this. His his interaction with Dennis Farina. Just D- Dennis Farina. I mean, it's like, all these people who are in it. It's just like. You w- it should not work. This should be a ter- it should be get shorty. <laughs> it's just not. It's just amazing. It's just a great film. And the and the ending, they didn't like the ending of this one either. Like, I don't understand the ending. Why why, why are we watching this scene with like the Samuel Jackson shows up at the end for like 4 oh minutes, you know? Really? Have you not seen this? No. Oh my god. I've been meaning to for like forever. Man. So Samuel Jackson shows. Well, I can't even talk about it now. Oh fuck it. Uh, anyway, Sorry. Samuel Jackson shows up at the end. How dare you, Kevin? And they were like, they were like, I don't understand why. Why is he in the movie? What What are they talking? Like, why is this scene in there? And I was like trying to explain. It. I was like, that makes so much sense. That's such a good scene. Like, how do you not get that? And then I realized I'm kind of being a dick because I don't think I got it the first two or three times I watched it. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's just a just a fantastic movie. Probably one of the better Elmore Leonard uh, inspired things. Yeah, four and a half. Go ahead. Jonathan, sorry. <laughs> uh, watched Year One, the uh, Harold Ramis uh, comedy from 2009. Uh, this is what he'll be remembered for. Yeah. <laughs> it was, his, was it, it was one of his last movies, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah, is he dead? Been, he's yeah. dead? Yeah. 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 Oh. Cancer. Dude. Sorry. <laughs> she should probably go up a star. No. 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 Mercy star. <laughs> we, we didn't um, say that. Just we rewatch, rewatch Groundhog Day. It's a, it's <laughs> yeah. about a couple uh, lazy hunter gatherers that are banished from their their village because they suck at everything. They can't gather this a, is or a hunt. Jack Black and Michael Cera. Yeah, okay. and uh, just ridiculous shit ensues. I I don't really understand them. It's like caveman <laughs> shit going on, and then like they just keep putting in biblical stuff. It's just really random. But it makes as much sense as the Old Testament. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> they probably um, wanted to make a Bible comedy, but they were like, eh, maybe too controversial. Let's call it something else. <laughs> they were going to call it Genesis. Oh, really? No. I'm sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, Genesis colon year one. They should have sold it as like this epic, like, you know, like Ben Hur shit going on, yeah. but like then it's just God, Jack Black, year one. like yeah. Jack Black farting. Is God, does God make an appearance in the film? No. Okay. Uh, God does not exist in this film. Satan? Uh, no. No. 
it's just like biblical stories, I guess. Okay. Um, I don't know. It's it, it's pretty funny. It's it's not. It's oh. by by all means not very funny. Oh, whoops. Are you gonna take it? Okay. I guess we'll just keep going then. Yeah. Um, parts are funny, but as a whole, not super funny. Um, mm. and. I, I I don't know. Just, just it's just like fifteen different stories like mashed into one movie. It's right. it's, it's just a clusterfuck. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Classic sketch comedy, pretty I mean, much. It, okay. okay, have you seen it? If that's what it is, no, no, neither of you seen it. I mean, the, you know, movies like this, you know, they they don't really have like plots. Yeah, they, but I mean, like know, just little things to get them taken to the next. from one event. To, yeah, I mean, so is it kind of like um. Like the history of the world part one, like Mel Brooks, not quite that disjointed, but yeah. like you know, it's okay. basically they, you know, they get into one thing, that resolves, they go off to another thing. Exactly. And I think like, was it, who's the girl in this? Is it Juno Temple or is it somebody else? Juno, yeah, I think it is. Okay, yeah. And uh, they, they like this one part. They come across uh David Cross, and he's like uh, he's like Cain or Abel. I don't remember. Uh, right. And. Yeah, his character just like brings them all over the world. Like and they just like get fucked constantly by David Cross. Like he sells them <laughs> into slavery at one point and just like ridiculous shit happens. Yeah. But uh yeah. I mean so, it sounds more like Kane. It's, yeah, it's yeah. the problem with this movie is like I watched it by myself and it's like it's like <laughs> yeah, I, I like, can't that's... rate these movies. Like I can't rate a comedy cuz no, it's like No, not like that. You have to watch this with other people, but uh with... I don't know. It it just sell it seems like a really weird movie cuz like Michael Sarah's coming off of like all the two thousands shit. Yeah, super and, bad. And all yeah, that. Su- especially super bad. Oh, yeah. I think it was like what was that two years before this? If yeah. that. Yeah. And then Jack Black is fucking Jack Black, so it's like yeah, you know, yeah. He was all over the place. Right. What year was uh, Tropic Thunder? Two thousand eight, maybe S- seven, eight. The year before this. Yeah, something like that. Thereabouts. So yeah, this is definitely a downgrade from those those two movies, but uh, right. Like running the the Judd Apatow well a little, a little yeah. dry. I don't know, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think Judd Apatow at this time had a, had a healthy balance of like those critically acclaimed ones and <laughs> stuff like this. Like he had yeah. that weird, uh, like that bullying movie with uh, Matthew, not Matthew, fuck, Owen Wilson. I don't like, remember that. Like, uh, like you, me, and Dupree or something. I don't know. That might not be oh. it. <laughs> Never mind. I'm not gonna remember the name of it, but there's always <laughs> there's always been shit in yeah, that uh, right in that Judd Apatow producer canon. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Not that this is shit. I'm sorry. I mean, it's, it's not, not shit. total shit. I gave it a one and a half, but it's it's probably a two. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, every time I like think of the jokes, I'm like, that was actually pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, Kevin. So I rewatched a bunch of Alfred Hitchcock movies, starting with Rope. And this one fucking rules. Like, one of the main characters, played by John Dahl, like, John Dahl fucking rules in this movie. Like, he is just so good at being, you know, just believing his own, like, super horrible shit. And, like, like it opened, like, the liter- the movie literally opens up with him and this other guy strangling a guy. And they've done, they've done it... No, it's literally <laughs> the first five minutes of the movie. <laughs> so, yeah. So, 
and then then as as things unfold like they they put the body in a trunk and they were just about to have a dinner party and like then they come in all the guests come in for the dinner party and like the way Hitchcock shoots it like it looks like one long continuous take but like when they have to change the film over like they just go behind somebody or something and it still it still looks really great and it's great to see Jimmy Stewart not be Jimmy Stewart cuz like in this like he's also like a very like you know got like a really like morbid sense of humor like you know like oh you know only only the elite should be allowed to kill people and they should be able to kill people as much as they want and yeah, yeah and like and like he's that tracks yeah and and yeah jimmy stewart's really good at like playing playing that and like making it like really like weirdly playful and you know as opposed to just the usual like well well, well I'm, keep, I'm Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> I keep thinking of that phrase that you said just now. Jimmy Stewart is really good. I just keep playing that back in my head. <laughs> he's good at certain things. No, he's really good. <laughs> it's my favorite. It's all he's good in this. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Rope Rope is a five out of five. Nice. Yeah. Um, it's wrong, but I'm just kidding. I love, I love Rope. Yeah, you Would you give it a five as well? Half or something. Yeah. I did. Yeah. If if like if Alfred Hitchcock didn't make all those other fives, this would probably be a five. But I I'm constantly comparing it to movies I like more from him. Right. But continue. Sorry. Let's see. Then I watched uh, Shadow of a Doubt. It was good. Um, not one I would consider one of Hitch's best. What about the? Uh, I really love the ending of that Shadow of a Doubt. Isn't that the one that ends on the train? Yeah. Um, I enjoyed that. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It just did, didn't really do it for me. Speaking of trains, uh, Strangers on a Train, another good movie, another movie starring Farley Granger. Under Siege to and Dark Territory. It's a great train movie. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. Eric Bogosian is yeah. the villain. In it. So in Strangers <laughs> on a Train, <laughs> these uh, these two guys like it's it's funny like you know like. The synopsis would read like two guys get together and discuss murder, but it's really this one psycho guy who is just hell bent on killing his father. And like his father already knows that he's unbalanced. So like why they haven't done anything before now, goodness knows. Um, but yeah, so he concocts the whole, you know, we'll, we'll swap murders and, (laughs) And yeah, like uh, Robert Walker, like he was really good in this as being like a really like believable psychopath. And like um, the movie has another interesting thing where it's like you don't often see like like you sometimes see like killers have like guilt and stuff like that. But you don't necessarily see them like having like overriding like post-traumatic stress from doing a killing. Especially someone who's like here, you know, from the beginning made to for us to believe he's a psychopath. And so that was pretty interesting. And let's see, Rear Window, another five out of five. Like pretty much the entire movie takes place in one cramped little apartment. And like all the side stories that you see from all the neighbors and everything, those are all really good and 
Jimmy Stewart, like his character, it's funny. He's like, you know, oh, well, she's, she's too good for me. I'm just a roughneck and et cetera, et cetera. It's like, no, she's too good for you because you're just an asshole. Like, that's what this is. That's what this is. Cause like there, there's a point where he's like, can you see me coming down to a fifth Avenue studio in combat boots and a three day beard? Like you're Jimmy Stewart. I can't see you doing that anyway. It's like, they're like, you know, fucking combat boots. Yeah, fuck you. Yeah. So, but yeah, like in Raymond Burr, like, even though like you only see him from a distance through like the entire movie, except for like two minutes where he's finally gets into the, gets into the apartment with Jimmy Stewart. He's great. And yeah, five out of five. Now, then, uh, uh, better or worse than the Shia LaBeouf remake, though? Haven't seen it. Don't oh, plan to. Right. Okay. You're and, lost. <laughs> <laughs> and let's see. I rewatched Notorious. Um, I really, really like Ingrid Bergman in this movie. She, like, does a great acting job. And, like, Cary Grant is kind of, you know, just Cary Grant in this, which is not necessarily bad, but it's not necessarily amazing either. But Ingrid Bergman and Claude Rains. Like, Claude Rains, from the time I saw him in The Invisible Man, like, he's one of my favorite actors from that period. He's and awesome. he, he's just so good as, like, he's kind of this he's kind of this mastermind in this uh, group of ex-Nazis who are living in Rio de Janeiro. But, like, he also knows that, like, even though he's sort of the leader, he could be ended at any time. So, like, he plays that great. Yeah. Notorious is the best Hitchcock movie, so deal with it. Really? Uh, deal with no, it. No, um, it's it starts with a V and ends with Ertigo. <laughs> that shit show. Wow. I'm just kidding. <laughs> love love Ertigo. Also, you know what? It's like Hitchcock is fucking awesome. Yeah. And we I like don't, fam- we don't watch Family Plot is my favorite. Don't be a dick. <laughs> don't be a dick. <laughs> Don't be a dick. People be a dude. Like, well, well, Looks like you've only Topaz. seen eighty percent of them. <laughs> yeah, Topaz is second on the list. Wow. <laughs> All right. So I watched um, I watched a bad Brian De Palma movie. Oh God! No yeah. such thing. Here we come. <laughs> Here it goes. It wasn't bad. Um, but everyone in it's bad. I watched uh, Casualties of War. You're so fucking wrong. And, Fox uh, pin. <laughs> I saw right? it. I saw Their it. names are bigger than the fucking title. They're yeah. the stars of the. I film. I mean, but it's like a little. It's a little much. I, it looks I've like the name the of the poster. movie is fucking Fox Pen. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I saw John's review of it. He gave it four point seven five. I love it. It's fantastic. It's a near masterpiece. Wow. Just thinking about <laughs> thinking pee. about the movie, I'm like, man, there's so many good ideas in this movie. All so well and executed too. Michael J. Fox just like blows it, <laughs> and. Who told Sean Penn to do that with his fucking face and voice? His voice rules. That's like, I get like the Brownie whole thing. ain't on my frequency anymore. <laughs> He's on the dead frequency. <laughs> and it's, it's such like a good idea to explore like, like this fucking idiot is in command yeah. of other people. Like he's the boss of this group of five other basically kids. And like, so of course bad decisions are going to be made. And so, of course, like, there's this whole, you know, the war is hell element that it's all run by, like, uneducated idiots that are yeah. just sent out to do 
nothing. You just go on a patrol. You guys just go on a patrol. We'll see you in like five days. <laughs> uh, you know, don't yeah. get in too much trouble. <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't know. So Tony's so got to bring the pizza. And so Sean Penn's idea of not getting in trouble R&R. is like, a, it's a, <laughs> yeah, let's go to a town. Let's kidnap a bitch. <laughs> let's bring her back to the cabin and let's take turns. Yeah. And it's like, that's horrifying. And it's really unpleasant. And you feel really bad because like John C. Riley is like not mentally there. He's just like going along with it. And uh, he thinks it's great. He thinks they're like the Romans or whatever they say, or Genghis yeah. Khan or something. He's like, <laughs> and like John Leguizamo is like the the immigrant guy. Just like I gotta fit in, I gotta fit in, or they're gonna treat me like shit, and they're gonna yeah. th- treat me as the enemy. And Don Harvey's just a fucking psycho. I don't know what his deal was. That guy uh, is out of his mind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's just it's like I talk about it, and I'm like, this all sounds really good, but then I'm watching it, and I'm like. Brian, no amount of like canted angles is going to save this Michael J. Fox situation. He's not bad at it. What is so bad about Michael J. Fox in this he movie? Just seems like lost. He just is. He's it's those like, scenes when between him and Penn, where Penn is talking. My favorite thing about this movie yeah. is I read, I read that Brian De Palma and Sean Penn just bullied him throughout the whole <laughs> mo- like filming of the movie. That's right. Just to like try, I guess, Create just to like attention. try and get a, a good performance out of him because yeah. he knew it wasn't working. But uh, like apparently in that uh, in that last scene, which they didn't film last, yeah. uh, where they get the sentencing mm-hmm. from the uh, what military court was that was that called? Sure, tribunal. Uh, Jag. What's <laughs> it when you get kicked out of the when you get kicked Disbarment? out of dishonorable dis- discharge dis- dishonorable. or whatever desirable discharge? Court mar. There we go. Dis- Thank you. Desirable discharge. I don't know what. I don't, I don't know what the army is. Yeah, fuck the um, army. I don't know. <laughs> and like they, when they walk out of the court, for some reason, Michael J. Fox has put himself. I don't know why he's there. I wouldn't have been there um, after telling on these guys for doing something horrible that he should have told on. But I still wouldn't have gone to the the court meeting. The court meeting. The meeting. Yeah. Court uh, Sean Penn walks by, whispers something in his ear. Yeah. Apparently, what he whispered was, "TV actor." Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I read that too. Yeah, whoa, that's awesome. Which was yeah, that is awesome. That's the best thing about the movie. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> well, actually, the actual best part of the movie is in the, uh, like they're on the like the the railroad on the cliff, yeah. and the choppers come in to like firebomb the uh, the Viet Cong, uh-huh. but they just firebomb everything. And there's the American patrol boat going by in the river. And their bombs like just blow up their own people. And I thought that was really cool. That was a very <laughs> cool moment because this war sucks. I like how uh, Sean Penn doesn't want to be the one to do anything either. He's like constantly ordering everybody else to kill her, and he won't. He won't kill her. Yeah. And he does. And he also doesn't want uh, his right hand man. What's the guy's name? The crazy guy. Uh, it's Don Don Harvey Clark. Yeah, why he Clark. Does, Yeah, why he doesn't want him? He doesn't want him to kill her either for some reason. Because he knows he's he knows someone's gonna get in trouble for this. Yeah, I know. It's so it might as well be the Mexican. All oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, um, uh, and the only so the only two that go to prison are John Leguizamo and the uh, the the crazy guy Don Harvey. He the gets, other two Sean get. Sean gets time, doesn't he? No, he gets hard labor. Oh. Which might that's be prison. Time. Yeah, that's time. It's. Like breaking rocks, but like, pickaxes. but they, they, there's a. They mention the diff, like they don't mention why it's different, but like the sentences are different. Yeah, uh, like Leguizamo gets eight years in prison. Riley gets 
10 years hard labor, you know, so yeah. that makes it sound like those are different things. They are. But I mean, I think hard labor is like when you go and you have to work hard all day in prison and then regular prison is just like going and sitting in prison, right? Yeah. Not but that I, I don't know anything about this, but I mean. <laughs> so Harvey gets prison, not labor. Yeah. But he also gets life, life in prison. Yeah. That's intense, right? You're going to well, do hard labor someone. for the rest of your life. No, I, no, he deserves it. He raped her also. It's a, ki- it's a kill rape, yeah. <laughs> they all raped her, except for Jay J Fox, right? Yeah. So it's pretty uh, It's pretty rough. It's a rough This was. A rough a, it was a rough movie. And uh, and I hate the framing device where he's like, he's remembering it's it. It's probably my le- least favorite falls, part of it. Falls asleep yeah. on the, on the train ride. Where he sees the Vietnamese girl in the, in the train and he's like, oh, that, yeah. she looks like the girl that they raped and killed. That's pretty fucked up. And at the end, <laughs> yeah. they like talk. Yeah. And she's like, do I remind you of someone? <laughs> wow. Such a weird line. Yeah. We should have we should have exited this movie already. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it's not actually a bad movie. I just I think it is brought down by several things. That's okay. Uh, three out of five. Yeah, that's fine. Am I um, gonna like a movie this week? Probably not. <laughs> I uh, I rewatched. Uh, so after Out of Sight, they were like, let's watch something else. And oh, my like, God. It was like 9 o'clock at I night. Love, I, I love was, this fractured narrative that yeah. we're getting. So I was like, uh, well, let's watch Gone Baby Gone because uh, that's something that they hadn't seen also. And I was like, I, I remember this being good. And uh, this is an example of a movie that you see and, and you like it and then it does not hold up at all. Loved uh, it. Loved it. Try rewatching it. It's I not good. <laughs> it's, uh, I, I believe you. It's yeah. not It's not <laughs> terrible or anything. It's, it's, uh, it's just his... Affleck's direction is not good in this movie at all. It's very hammy and uh, heavy-handed and uh, cheesy, and the acting in it is goofy, uh, with the exception of Casey Affleck. His, his favorite. Oh yeah, she's in it. Uh, yeah. She she actually doesn't attempt the accent very much, which is good. But uh, she Casey, being Mon- Monahan. Yeah, Ma- Michelle Monahan. Uh, Casey Affleck is okay in it. Uh, everybody else is pretty good. Actually, uh, you know who else is really good is uh, Freeman. Morgan Freeman's good in it. Not the person that won an Oscar or got nominated for an Oscar. Who got she's not good. Amy Ryan. Oh yeah, no, she's terrible. Okay, she's oh. god awful. Bummer. That's uh, a bummer. And a lot of that might be because you you after you see this, you go and watch The Office, and then she's on that, and so it like taints your image of her when you why rewatch is, this. Why do you guys hate The Office so much? I like love The, the Office. office. Okay. I think it's love very it. funny. I like all those actors need to stay in their <laughs> they need to know their bounds. Yeah. You, have like to, <laughs> you have to be on Netflix on The Office forever. Exactly. You're never allowed to exactly. leave that exactly. one box. Right. Well no, I don't right. I don't I don't necessarily feel that way. I just feel like a little bit of it's tainted by that. But I think also she's just she's way over the top in the movie. I mean she's like the, just some of the language that she uses is really goofy and <laughs> I don't believe any person would speak the way she speaks. Mm. And uh but Morgan Freeman is good and uh Ed Harris is okay. He's he's way over the top too with his goofy mm. accent and his ridiculous hairpiece. Um <laughs> he reminds me of his role in uh History of Violence where he was from Philly. Oh <laughs> and he God. had the Philly accent. He's like, "Oh, for Joy Kushak. <laughs> it's like so fucking ridiculous. But um, this, uh, yeah, this movie just doesn't. I don't know. Didn't hold up. And I, uh, uh, full full disclosure, I, I missed about half an hour of it. But uh, <laughs> I don't even care. I'm st- I still still rated it. it. Probably. I the, went to the, the other half room. hour with all the important plot stuff. Right? Now I went to the other room to uh, put the baby down, and the baby refused to go to sleep. Uh-huh. So I came back out and kept watching it. And uh, it's just not. It's not not very good. Don't ever want to watch it again. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's. Uh, I've got. I got a, a show that I can talk about. But other than that, 
I'm done. I'll make sure I'll make sure to check out that movie though. Sounds Maybe. sounds pretty great. Which one? The Gone Baby Gone. You never seen that movie? No. Uh, don't worry about it. <laughs> How many do you guys have left? I have one. Uh, That's gonna be very yeah. short. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I have one more also. <laughs> Jesus Christ! All right, well, Just pick pick I'll, one. I'll, I'll go through them quickly. Yeah. Though. Okay. Ke- Kevin? No, it's, no, it's your, me. It's no, it's me. Turn. Okay. <laughs> I watched the. Uh, oh, what's what's the streaming service? The uh, starts on Netflix. No. Movie. Movie. Yeah. Movie uh, has the Ryuichi Sakamoto documentary on there now. Oh, I was gonna check that out. Kind of cool. Coda. Uh, Coda. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty good. Uh, I where like he, where he records ice and all. <laughs> it's actually pretty cool, but uh, a little pretentious. But um, <laughs> yeah, it like sh- it just like shows his whole life. And uh, best parts though, he goes to Fukushima, like Ooh. in Fukushima, like he's got like hazmat suit. They all have hazmat suits and shit, and they're like looking around. And he finds like an old piano, and then they take it back, and he like composes on it, which is like super pretentious. But uh. You know, it's it's kind of cool, I guess. Um, so he composes on a radioactive piano. I guess I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how the is that even safe. <laughs> I don't know. And he has cancer. He had he had cancer at one point. Throat, right? So, Throat so it's cancer. like radiation. I don't. I don't. Know. Anyway, really tempting fate there. Yeah. More. Um, <laughs> yeah. He thinks it's gonna kill the cancer. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, he kind of just goes through his whole career, of which I don't really care about any of it until <laughs> like two thousand and one. Until the starts. Revenant soundtrack. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, like, or, no, his like 2000 stuff is like when he starts getting really avant-garde. It's like really good. And then, yeah, his like his more recent soundtrack work is fucking killer. And uh, apparently he did the Revenant soundtrack when he was doing chemo. So he's just like fucking destroyed, like barely being able to do it. Mm. But uh, pretty awesome. And it has a lot of uh, footage of him uh, composing that. Oh, and, cool. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'll have to check that out. You know, other than that, it's... It's it's entertaining, pretty fun to watch. Um, yeah, check cool. it out. Mm-hmm. Give it a three. Mm-hmm. Kevin, I rewatched Snowpiercer. Um, Why? I'm just kidding. Go ahead. I'm uh, I'm actually going going down a list of things that I know that I need to watch again. Um, and yeah, like I remember really, really, really liking it when I first saw it. Now it's like. It's, it's decent. Uh, I don't believe you. I mean, I gave, I gave it like three point seven five, and like I want it to be awesome. It's trash. <laughs> it's not trash. The first five minutes are okay. That first montage is pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> with the plane, the, that last shot with the director title card and the plane, and then that set the the score. <laughs> I, really, I remember watching that and rewinding it and just watching that part. Of it. it was really cool. <laughs> And then the movie was so disappointing. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, I uh, do like dystopian uh, stuff is just so played out now. I do like really Cap- Captain America is really good in it, though. I yeah, like Chris Evans is good. Yeah. Um, John Hurt is, you know, basically John Hurt. Same with Ed Harris. Uh, <laughs> Swinton's goofy. Yeah, she's goofy. Swinton uh, is. Yeah. There's a line in uh, Toast of London where like this uh, agent is. I'm off to meet Tilda Swinton, mad as a mad as a box of monkeys, but so much fun. <laughs> and yeah, that's pretty much Tilda Swinton. Um, Jamie Bell, kind, you know, kind of forgettable. Octavia Spencer, same. Yeah, like, I don't know, 
I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah and in the like the whole con the whole concept of the train, like, you know, they're they're, you know, everybody everybody has their place in the train, but like parts of the train are at like weird places, and like, where do these people actually live? Like, even like there's one point where they're in like a children's classroom, and like. So it's only children. There's no middle school. There's no high school. Uh, where where do they go when uh, when they're not in class? Uh, what exactly is the point of the train? It's uh, like, all the living people on Earth. Like if it stops, they freeze to death. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, like like that makes no like, fucking to sense. To counteract global warming, they put some chemical. But you'd be colder going like. No, you don't understand. How does a moving you train fast, make you warmer? warmer. <laughs> the engine is God. So the engine's keeping them warm. Who cares? <laughs> why don't they just Watch live the in a movie. Why don't they just live in a cave with an engine? In the cave with an engine. You'll you'll have to talk to the two French, what they, what French dudes eat? who made the graphic novel. That what, this what do they eat? On. Oh, that's uh, a great question. What do they eat, Kevin? Uh, <laughs> bugs that are processed into protein bars. How do they get bugs? They farm uh, them. Yeah, they bugs would probably be the first to die in an ice age. They breed age. them, but they're on the train. Oh, they're, yeah, on, they're the on the train. train. Okay, yeah. that's interesting. Where do you think they get the bugs from? They, they leave the train. They leave the train. They yeah. die. And the water that they get is you don't plowed it's into awful, by, the, by the by the nose of the train. <laughs> the ice is then eaten up by the front of the train, and you know it's the huh. water is. Melt, I mean, you know, ice is melted. It sounds down. kind of interesting, but it's really goofy. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's goofy. Like the, sci- the, the science behind it doesn't doesn't hold up, and like. And then, like, spoiler alert. Um, so, like, Chris Evans makes it to the front of the train. He makes it to the engine. He makes it to Ed Harris, who's been running this whole fucking thing. And turns out that, like, um, you know, like, periodically, Chris Evans has... Whoa, 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 whoa. Hmm. You said Ed Harris? Ed Harris, yeah. Kind he's of, the, kind he's of the, in. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's the engine driver. Um, Interesting. Yeah. And, like, at least three times, I think, Chris Evans has a moment where he's, like, looking at something and has to be horrified. <laughs> um, and there's and the last, the last one is he looks down into, like, part of the engine's moving parts, and he sees one of the kids that has been stolen from the back of the train, and, like, you know, now this kid's job is to, like, replace a part that, quote-unquote, went extinct. Hmm. So. I'll check it out. Right, yeah. The is end. it on Netflix? Anybody know? Yeah. yeah I remember the end being kind of a mess. It's terrible. Yeah. He's the movie's a piece of shit. The end of uh <laughs> the end of Oakja is a mess too. He, he doesn't he doesn't always uh these Korean directors are so overrated, man. Oh fuck you. <laughs> What's a good Korean movie? Hangry. Memories of Murder. Uh, his first movie, it's fucking yawn. brilliant. What year's that? Two thousand three maybe? Oh. Something like that. I've never seen it, but <laughs> the host, incredible. Mm. Oh, that's I in your top. That's in your favorites, huh? Yeah, I mean, but it's not the first one he goes to. Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance. It's really good. Old boy's good. I mean, old boy's not good. Old boy's good. Old boy is terrible. Old boy's <laughs> which good. old boy are you talking about? E- you know e- which one? Either one. <laughs> the only one. Either one. They're I've only bad. seen the fight scene, and it fucking the fight scene's good. That's the best. The, the only uh, good part of that the movie. guy's latest movie, The Handmaid, The Handmaiden. That was really good. I haven't seen uh, that. Do want to see that? Yeah, it's good. I hear it's good. It's on Amazon. Was there Prime. a sequel to Old Boy? No. 
Okay, oh, like a part of a trilogy. Trilogy. No, no, I think like the manga continues, but it's like part of a trilogy. Yeah, sympathy for oh. Mr. Vengeance, oh, okay, old boy. Okay. Sympathy for Lady Vengeance. Okay, okay, yeah, but they're, they're not, all they're not related though. No, just they're just okay. like a thematic trilogy. Gotcha. Right. All right, revenge. Interesting. Yeah. What a, what an original idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, Jr. Jr. Yeah. Okay. My last one. Um, I just I gotta again I gotta get on here and just talk about how much these fucking dick sucking documentaries need to get out of the world um you know i like i like mr rogers i want to like a movie about mr rogers sure but uh i just 90 minutes of talking heads talking about what a wonderful guy is is just not gonna do it and uh like we're just gonna do some quick hits of his life. We'll talk about the show for a little bit. We'll talk about how he was a perfect human. There will be just this emotional score that we never, we never stop playing throughout any second of this movie. And uh, and you're gonna love him too. We're gonna make you love him. <laughs> and there's just no, there's no reason for this thing to exist. And I don't understand why it's like the one of the most acclaimed movies of this year, besides just the mm. fact that. Mr. Rogers was a great guy. Do they get into in, do they get into the cartoon Daniel Tiger's neighborhood at all? Yeah. They do talk about that. I mean, they talk about Daniel Striped Tiger cuz he's like one of the one of the first puppets. Oh, I'm talking there's like a cartoon oh, of it no. now. No, with, they do not called, get into that at it's all. It's called Daniel Tiger's neighborhood and he sings a song at the beginning. He says it's a wonderful day in the neighborhood. Not I'm mentioned. Really? For a neighbor. Huh. But he said he sings it different. He's like he's like uh there's so much to do, so much to see. Won't you come along with me? Or something like that. I show it to Should my be. daughter sometimes. If she oh, me- my neighbor. Sounds it. great. Yeah, it's And it's written the same way. Like the font is the same as Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Mm. So he's taking over. He's the new Mr. Rogers. Mm. Cool. I just, yeah, I don't understand why, why this is the kind of documentary that everyone's freaking out about. Because it's... It's, it's it's just a just, puff piece. It's easy, yeah. That's why. There you go. I don't, yeah, like, like <laughs> I don't get these. Puff it's just pieces. like the Bill Murray shit that we didn't talk about. Yeah, that's yeah. gonna be huge. They're gonna be like, oh, this is fucking great. That's, He's so but cool. that's gonna be fucking worse because it's gonna oh, be yeah. about the mystery of Bill Murray too. Yeah, and that yeah. that like, idea can go fuck itself. Mythology and like yeah, the, myth, show, the like mythical the man, the mythical man, yeah, and stuff. It's My like, God, fuck you, the mythical man. He's a mystery man that just appears at parties. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I watched the uh, first two episodes of the Showtime show, Kidding. I was just going to bring that up because of Jim Carrey Rogers yeah, yeah. show. Oh, yeah. Where I, watched the, yeah. Uh, I watched the first one right before oh, I came here. I cool. watched the first one as well. Uh, that's great. I haven't watched it at all. It's directed by Michelle Gondry and created by Dave Holstein. And uh, it's, uh, I'll tell you, it's a lot less strange than I thought it was going to be. I thought it'd be way more like surrealist mm-hmm. being from Gondry, but it's really straightforward so far. And, uh, I like it a lot. I think it's really funny. <laughs> I find <laughs> I find uh, the humor in it to really work. I'll tell you the standout performance. The kid, Frank Langella. Oh, okay, he's incredible. Like Frank, and and he's just all the scenes between him and Jim Carrey just talking about the show and why Jim Carrey wants to do certain things with the show, and Frank Langella explaining to him why he can't do it. <laughs> Amazing. All that shit is cool. And this like he's just like drop out a random f bomb every now and then. And he's like eighty five, so it's so really bizarre. And he's got that great voice. Oh, yeah. weirdly enough, uh, I don't know if you read anything about Red Dragon, but he was going to be the voice of the Red Dragon. They recorded him and everything, but then they decided to cut it out and just have Ray Fiennes talking to himself. That would have made a much better movie. 
I don't know about that. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I honestly don't know how it would have worked, but uh, <laughs> I need to watch that. I movie do like Langella. I need yeah. to see it again as well. Yeah. That could have justified him hearing his grandmother's voice. Yeah, as though like it would be him hearing his grandmother's voice, sure. not, not just a voiceover for our benefit. Right, right, right. Yeah. No. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, not to get back <laughs> into this movie. No, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I I think the show is really good. It's pretty shocking. Some of it, uh, not like shocking to me. It's just how they like, <laughs> like that the the scene in the first episode where you find out that uh, Catherine Keener's husband is having gay sex with the neighbor. Mm-hmm. How they just cut to him giving him a hand job in the drive driveway. It's, it's pretty not a not a good place for a yeah, hand job. <laughs> it's just pretty like what <laughs> like it's just really like out of nowhere. But uh, yeah. It's good, good show. Catherine Keener's really good in it too. Everybody's good in it, so uh, I'm really, really happy about it. I loved her parenting in the first episode. Yeah, yeah, that's good. <laughs> no, no shower until you eat your vegetables. Yeah, <laughs> wow. gonna stink to shit. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, I know. I actually, if I had a complaint, it would be the son. I don't like him at all. He's terrible. He's, it's, just, it's not his his fault. It's the way he's written. I hate the way he's written. Such a badass. I hate. I, I really hate that he. Uh, I liked the bees. <laughs> the bees is interesting, but I and it's a like a uh, clever move. But when he like some of the like when he says you look like Rosa Parks's bus driver, it's like no no kid would say that. No. Like <laughs> like it's <laughs> absurd. But you know it's not the kid's fault. It's just yeah. they don't know how to write for a kid apparently. Right. Good movie. Good show. I mean, good uh, good show. I was just getting mad at uh my uh my wife's grandmother for and and my wife for calling movies shows. I really hate that. Seen the new Tom Hanks show? Like no, no, no. It's a movie. Not everything is Netflix. He's in movies. <laughs> you seen that show with uh, Bruce Willis where he's in Nakatomi Plaza? <laughs> no, it's not a show. Be great if it was, but it's, it's not. Cr- that yeah. Christmas yeah. show it's, it's with a, Bruce Willis. It's right. a miniseries. There are yeah, five right. five long episodes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like an anthology film. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, moving on. Uh, we got to talk about uh, workmeister harmonies. <laughs> workmeister. <laughs> workmeister harmonies. And uh, so here's what's going to happen. I didn't watch this movie. Are you serious? I didn't. You I, dig. I downloaded Piece it. Of poop. Wow. I downloaded it and I never got a chance to watch it. It's two and a half hours long. I, just uh, I told you I watched nothing this week. 220. It's too long for me to get to. I didn't want to watch it in pieces. So. Uh, I will be sitting this one out, but I'm, I cannot believe you. I'm gonna go this make, is unforgivable. I'm gonna go make a phone call while you guys talk this about is it. Unforgivable. <laughs> All right, I so uh, Workmeister Harmonies from yeah, uh, Bellatar. Oh, Jonathan, why don't you want to tell us a little bit about it and why you picked it? I really, I, I, I Tim Buck says he edits that part out of the show. <laughs> I don't know if I could actually even give a synopsis then, on this. Yeah, thing, let's go. To be let's honest. go. Why you picked it first? Yeah, yeah. Um, I've only seen one Bellatar film. That's why I picked it. The turn oh, horse, okay. right? No, uh, oh, damnation. Sorry. Oh, um, I don't know why I assumed. No, you should have assumed that because that's the most, most recent one. But uh, yeah, I've just always wanted to see more of his stuff, and uh, this seemed short compared to his <laughs> other things, like seven hours oh, and twelve right. hours, whatever. The <laughs> <laughs> it's but yeah, this is uh, directed by Bellatar, uh, two thousand. Um, story takes place in a small town in Hungary. Uh, Stuff happens. I, I, what, what do you guys think well, about? I, mean, it? I don't know. Oh, a whale, a whale comes to town. That's yeah. our, that's yeah. our catalyst. I guess. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know about y'all, but I didn't really like from the beginning. I didn't really get that we were automatically in communist Hungary. 
like I knew it was like a really poor town, but like I didn't know necessarily that it was like during the communist regime. Well, I don't know that it is. It's well, it's that, that's really... what the synopses say about yeah. the movie. Oh, really? I don't think yeah, that's yeah. really obvious in the movie, though. I mean, I guess yeah, I, mean, I guess it can be. I, I guess. I guess know. it kind of makes more There's, sense. <laughs> the movie's really good about not having any clues as far as like uh, technology. Yeah. I don't yeah. remember seeing a single vehicle. There's like one where well, besides there, the where truck. That, that, yeah. There's yeah. a massive truck. But you can't tell like what era that truck is from. It's in the dark. Yeah. Cause it's literally all you gi- see is giant. like lights and like yeah. I think reflections off the mirrors. Windows. Anyway, yeah, uh, the story is about a small town, and as John said, uh, a whale comes to town. It's kind of like a like a sideshow freak thing, I guess. Like, yeah. check out this giant whale we have in this truck trailer. And uh, it kind of, like, I guess it kind of just, like, overturns the status quo in the village, I guess, and people just kind of go yeah. bonkers. I don't, I don't really Very, <laughs> very quickly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and they're all, I guess they're all kind of, like, they're all, like, really freaked out by it. No one's really, everyone's really like leery to like go near it or around it. And people, people talk about like rumors come in with the, the whale. Like people are talking like how mm. it went, it was in another town and yeah. shit went bad. And they also mentioned the, the, the prince. Like I, I still don't really know what that. Yeah. The prince, it seems like he's supposed to be like the whale's the attraction and the prince is like the guy that sells the attraction. Yeah. Like he's supposed to get out there and make speeches, but we never yeah. <laughs> actually see him do that. Yeah. But anyway, we yeah. never see him at all. Uh, yeah, we only there's like one scene where Janos is like eavesdropping on like two two guys and like or a guy the prince in a is like yeah, and like the prince is like off camera and like yeah. you hear him and you hear him talk, but like uh, yeah, like I'll be honest, this was a movie that like I had to like kind of read the wikipedia page as i was watching it because i just didn't really know what was going on even though i was like glued to the tv i I think we've mentioned this before like it's this is definitely one of those films where like if you're hungarian or you're like from that area or eastern europe or something like you might understand more yeah i think there's a lot of built-in history definitely a lot of built-in history yeah like the whale obviously represents something i communism or or something i don't know yeah yeah, this big attraction yeah. that's actually stinking up the town. Yeah, some ideology of something. Yeah, yeah, yeah and I, you know the prince is tied in. He's like the, you know, an orator who can talk people into anything. We don't see him do this, but he, yeah, he seems to convince the whole town to riot. Yeah, you know, near the yeah. end of the movie, and and riot they do. Yeah. They storm a like a hospital. hospital. Yeah, hospital. Yeah, well, like, like turning people out. That's of their what beds. we see. Yeah, we see them storm the hospital. But it's clear that they've stormed. Much yeah. more than that, though. Yeah. In the aftermath. Yeah, because like there's those long shots of Janosch walking through like the town square and like fire here, fire there, fight there, fight here. So I have a question. Hmm. Um, I feel like the opening is kind of a like a litmus test to see. <laughs> it basically <laughs> decides right then and there whether or not you're going to like this movie. So what do you guys think of the opening? I was confused by it. I I thought, I mean, like, I don't know. At a certain point, I started realizing in certain movies, like, okay, I, like, from the very first scene, I cannot expect this movie to make sense. If I try to get sense out of it, that's my fault. Not the director's <laughs> fault. Not the movie's fault. That's my fault. 
And that's that's what I knew watching that first scene is you know because uh, he's the opening scene, five out of five. Like if it was okay. like a short film, amazing. Ah. I I really love that scene. Um, he's organizing everyone in like a solar system. Yeah, yeah they're making a solar yeah. eclipse with drunk and drunkards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's. I love that he's not only making the people rotate around this one man who represents the sun. He's making them spin in circles as they circle the guy. Yeah. Like so doing like the actual orbits and stuff. Which just seems needlessly cruel to yeah. these drunk people who are definitely going to fall down. I don't know how they don't fall down. Yeah. There was one technical issue with the movie, though. Um, I don't know if this happened for you guys, but I, I watched the DVD from the library. And, uh, like, the voices seem off. Like, the lips, like, the their voices aren't matching the so audio. So, that is because I, is that most, most of the people in this film are the main characters are all german actors and oh, they have been dubbed okay oh, but right. the dubbing seems subtle it's like it, it looks it looks like they could be saying these words yeah but they like it's, hannah Julia and jo- the guy that plays janos and the guy that plays the uncle georgi yeah. they all those are all german people oh, i okay. i would and i didn't realize that until i was like just clicking around on letterbox looking at these wow. profiles like why yeah why is everyone in this german <laughs> yeah and like when hannah first comes on the screen i was like oh it's the lady from all the fastbender movies mm-hmm. and like literally everything i've seen her in she always has this look on her face like she expected something and was let down <laughs> she's got like, that eastern european just like weight of the world yeah, Look. very very much so. <laughs> and especially in this one, like the the other two movies I've seen her in, uh Petra von Kant and um Merchant of Four Seasons, like she's she very much got that look on her face, but in this one she's older, so it looks it looks like okay, like it started out back then and now it's just that's her <laughs> face now. Yeah. Okay, so it's it, this is Bellatar obviously. So you, you guys want to talk about the cinematography? Like it's no, nah, I just wasn't very notable. <laughs> I don't, like that's pretty the, the the defining feature of this so, film. I would yeah, say. Yeah, I mean, like, thirty thirty nine shots. Yeah, in a hundred or yeah, hundred forty minutes. Forty two yeah, minutes. I mean, and like, like clearly, clearly, Bellatar is a big Gus Van Zant fan, and like he must have watched Jerry like <laughs> seventeen times just to get like the right. <laughs> <laughs> the right timing for the shot. I just am I red because I just got so just got so mad inside. Um, Extremely butthurt. Sorry. It's a joke, John. Uh, it's a joke, Jr. <laughs> I wonder what Bellatar you know, thinks. Bellatar. Bellatar. Oh, look who's you back. know, he's probably just mad because Gus Van Sant does what he does so much better than he ever could do it. You know? Okay, guy who didn't watch the. You film. can't just. <laughs> you can't just sit I've on seen the sidelines. Bellatar lines. film <laughs> and troll me. You can't do that. Right. You have to watch the movie to troll. You can't just at symbol me. Uh, <laughs> the, the, for me, the, the the best shot was the uh, the long march to the hospital at the end. Uh, I love yeah. that shit. Like, it, how long was that? Had to be like eight minutes. I don't know. They were. It's, it's insanely kinda, long. It's right. kinda, I, so I watched. It's really great, I watched this twice. Uh, this week? Yeah. Well, last week. My God. We, we, well, the, <laughs> Jonathan I, didn't even do that. The, uh, this that was so when I watched Can this I borrow time, one of your watches. I <laughs> jump in on this. Or? So this is, I've now seen this four times. Wow. And nice. so like the second time I watched it, I was like, I'm gonna pay attention. Like, how long is each shot? I'm gonna try and like actually do this where i like try to analyze each shot on its own and i can't i can't do it 
is like they last so long, but they're not they're not incredibly showy. Like the, they're they're the very shots, trance-inducing. They're, they're very static, they, especially they're, the one I mentioned, like the 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 marching. Like it's yeah. it's like a trance. Like you feel like it's oh no, it's probably like four minutes. No, it was like twelve minutes or something. It's yeah. it, it's something insane. Like and he's they they see he's doing these long shots to like create just like this weird rhythm and pace. Uh, I think more so than to like just show his technical prowess. Yeah, because a lot of these shots are not pretty or. It's very utilitarian. Like yeah. this whole movie just feels just not. There's no flourishes or anything. It's yeah. very, which is a weird thing to say about a black and white. I mean, two yeah, and a half but hour the, movie. This from movie feels like it's yeah. from 1950. Yeah. Oh yeah. Or 1970. Late. I don't know when this movie was made. Like you know, what I mean, if you didn't tell me, I would have a hard time guessing when this. Same was here. Made. Like I like honestly thought that this was like like you know, 60s or 70s. Yeah you know, Eastern block kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. What about, um, the score that pops up occasionally? Um, the, the Michael V Viggy V. I can't say I remember it very well. Okay. Neither. So at the beginning and like th- maybe five times in the movie. Oh no, it's the, p- like get, the piano, like the, oh, yeah. the yeah. piano at yeah. first it's just piano and then it becomes piano yeah. and strings. I the I the first time it comes up, it's like really great. Yeah, and that's yeah. in the solar eclipse. Yeah, opening. yeah, yeah. That's that scene is really really incredible. I I love that. I love that music. <laughs> yeah, it's very pretty. Top notch film. <laughs> 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 this is why we need a host that yeah. actually watches the movie. We're <laughs> <so laughs> <laughs> just meandering in the dark. You know, which is okay. It's kind of like just like the movie. movie. <laughs> yeah. So, what'd y'all think of like the actual whale? I thought it looked pretty great. Yeah, I don't know if it's like the right size. I don't know what kind of whale yeah, it is, know. but uh, that that was the don't... thing too. Like, I was I was confused as to like at first I thought like okay, this is just this is like a well, I don't know like wood or like paper mache or like like a prop whale, but then then they then they start talking about how it's like funking up the town with its stench, and I'm like. Oh yeah, it's definitely. How do they preserve well. a whale in a box and like, like that, it, like that's the mystery. so it's it's yeah. like I mean pretty much it's in shadow the entire time, but there's no like they mention how there's cold no point where Janos like you know leans over to like throw up or anything. I think it's supposed to be freezing. Oh right, I think right, it's right. supposed to be well below freezing there. But right. I, well below freezing isn't gonna. Yeah, it's, it's not gonna preserve <laughs> a whale that size. Well, uh, yeah. and it you know. I guess it's not preserving it well since it's funking. It's funking up. Yeah, but you don't even really get a sense of how big that whale is until the end, when yeah, it's I mean, left or, on the in the square. Yeah, like the very very beginning, where like I was like wondering, like, because like the camera, like, like as the trailer starts to go by, like the camera's moving like ever ever so slightly. And it starts to follow it, and it's like you're not sure if the camera's moving or if the trailer is still moving. And then, like, gradually the camera comes behind, and, like, you can see that it's just been turning super slow the entire time as the trailer is going by. I thought that was, like, really, like, it was really disorienting, but I like that about it. Yeah, yeah. It's a big trailer. Yeah, very big. (laughs) I mean, it's, like, pretty much the size of one of their city blocks. So I had um, 
I I didn't <laughs> notice this the first time I watched it this past week, but uh, it was pointed out to me by a Letterboxd review. This character, uh, Janos, Jan- Janos. I don't know how to say it. Probably, Janos, probably so. Janos. Janos or Janos. Janos. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like I noticed that he's he seems to be like the town idiot. Like he's not stupid, but he's also like he's the, he's the errand boy. Yeah. Every like the whole movie, people are just telling him where to go. And what I read in this review, like it is not until the end of the movie that he ever does something of like his own accord. Hmm. He is. Hmm. Yeah. Everybody is sending him on tasks, and he's just walking back and forth between jobs, basically. Yeah. That, that they're not paying him for. No. They're just like, go go to the square, find out what's coming on, report back to me. Yeah. And it's not until like he sees that the ride is about to happen that he he actually runs away. And I, <laughs> and he's the only person in the movie that like, something bad happens to. I guess, like he goes insane. Yeah. He goes insane and he gets like he's on that list where the so the authorities think he's part of like the the riot but he's the only person that's not hmm. and he's the only one he's the only one that pays for it besides Uncle Georgi who just yeah. has to move into his own shed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he still has the, like the piano yeah. in the shed and yeah. And I so I imagine like a lot of his arc is tied up in that history we don't know like there's some significance to it but but he was a just an interesting an interesting guy yeah interesting character interesting that we followed around a guy who's just walking around a lot of walking a lot oh, yeah great yeah. great walking shots great yeah <laughs> great foggy walking shots yeah so uh how much Bellatar have you actually seen john most most so where would this like, like this is the top oh really yeah oh, okay I've seen Turn Horse, The Man from London, Damnation, The Prefab People. Satan Tango. That, yeah, Satan Tango. That's the the one I don't like. Uh, well, I mean, it is incredibly long. It is. Um, uh, yeah. This, this is a, uh, I, I did like this quite a bit. Um, ratings? Kevin? Uh, three. Three? John? Five. Really? Wow. Yeah. Hmm. I'm going five too. Now this this thing seems so so dense, and uh, it kind of it kind of hooked me too because like I want to know like what's happening and how mm. like what means what, and uh, <coughs> even what you just said like his character is the only one that gets anything happens to and he gets fucked like that means something. Yeah. Like and, and I don't I want to know, know what, what that is. means. So yeah, this is definitely a rewatch, and uh, it's a five out of five. They need to put out one Great of those uh, one of those books like uh, Philosophy of, of the Dark Knight Rises, except Philosophy <laughs> of Burgmeister Harmony. That'd be fucking great. I'm sure there is a lot yeah. of writing about this, yeah. and it's based on, I think, a pretty famous novel, or at least famous the, by Hungarian novel. standards. Mm. Um, Learn Hungarian, read the novel. <laughs> yeah, it's it's available in English. But you know, when you read the translation, you're not really getting. Uh, <laughs> you're not really. You, you lose it, so you know? much. Oh, I yeah. forgot to ask this. Uh, whose fucking kids were those? The uh, the ones the just police, banging away. The police chief that Hannah. Sh- how do those you pronounce guys, her last the, name? Sh- I think it's Shigulia. Shigulia. Yeah, the one that Shigulia. like she like quote unquote sleeps with. Okay. 
So those were that's his another kids. thing that was in like the Wikipedia, like that she stays behind and sleeps with the police chief, but like yeah. they dance. Yeah, when they're dancing. Oh well, yeah, I, I yeah, but as I, we kind of back out of that room, uh, it seemed like yeah, that's true. that guy wanted to end the party with some fucking. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't? Especially yeah, I mean, she was still pretty good looking. That dude was drunk as fuck. Mm-hmm. That's a perfect time to fuck. <laughs> but those kids. Those, yeah. I, like, so that was like, a bit. Wait, are we talking about fucking kids? Like, no. No, 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 sorry. No, no, no. I don't want to no, go on no, record. No. <laughs> there were two two brothers that one is bouncing on a bed, banging a pot. And the other one is banging, a, I think, a drum on the ground. Right. And oh, so they're not actually banging. Sorry, no. You said banging, when I said I banging I away, like, I meant like oh, literally God. just banging shit to make noise. I see. I thought you yeah. And they're yelling. Coming and I think they've got the radio turned holes. up like super yeah. loud too. So it's yeah, it's the only it's the only scene where it is it is not a pleasant sensory experience. Right. Mm. Just, also, mm. I just have to say that everyone in this movie is just how do these these people exist in real life? Like the way they look. Like, especially like the main guy, his face, like it's just, it's so just inhuman to me. I don't know, he just, <laughs> they just look, I don't know, they just look like timeless. Like they're just, I don't know, it's just crazy. Yeah, I mean, he looks like he would have been in some Hungarian communist drama in 1962. Yeah, mm. it's just weird. He probably was. That this movie yeah. was made this, uh, in the past. Even though he's years. German. Yeah. Sorry. Oh yeah, two thousand. Yeah, so yeah, right. just strange. Yeah. Uh, well, that's great. Uh, I will. What'd you think, it. John? I will watch it. I have it on my. No, hard no, drive. no. This, this is what we go. What did you think, John? Oh, I loved it. Yeah. Five out of five. There you go. <laughs> now we just leave a pause for you to fill it in oh, later. Oh, cool. Yeah, so you okay. Can cut it in your review. Gotcha. Yeah. I'll read. It was great. Record my review <laughs> yeah. uh, by myself. It's like I'm going to interrupt you there, it Kevin. It <laughs> yeah. It was a giant piece of shit. Actually, Jr. I really like the mise en scene. <laughs> Nowhere near as good as Casualties of War. <laughs> I wish they were banging. <laughs> okay. You would go there. Uh, anyway, uh, so that's uh, that's going to be our show for this week. Uh, it's Kevin's pick. Yes. Kevin, uh, what other movie are we going to watch here? Let's see. We are going to watch Misery, oh. directed by, by Rob Meathead. Reiner yeah. from 1990. <laughs> yeah, by Meathead <laughs> from 1990, starring James Caan and Kathy Bates. Oh, Jimmy Caan. Yeah, I've never seen Misery. This will be exciting. Neither. Okay. Uh, John, you see Misery? A uh, long time ago. Oh, long, long time ago. This will be uh, nice, and uh, so we'll be watching Misery, Stephen King's uh, movie, one of his movies, and uh, yeah, join us next time. Who knows when we'll record next? It's always different every time. Yeah. So stay tuned. Thanks for listening. And you'd better be alone. Sit there silent, moaning, I'm dead, you smile. And I walk by, my face is shaved. But you know it's me, you know it's me. Come and whisper in my ear, my dear, my dear. It'll be alright, it'll be alright, it'll be alright, it'll be alright, it'll be alright.